0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Thank you for everybody and all of the listeners. Our numbers continue to rise. I was just looking at them a little bit ago, and it's like up uh, over forty seven percent year over year and like something like thirty percent month over month. so it just keeps rising and we like that, of course, and I do appreciate it so much. So what's on tap tonight when well, we got a lot of course um let's see um where do we begin? Obama paid Fusion GPS. Have you heard that headline anywhere? They haven't been playing that one up very much, have they? Oh, the hypocrisy is so deep and it's so wide-ranging. And as Rush says, nobody seems to care about the hypocrisy exhibited by the media. Hmm. Well, maybe, maybe not. Deep State planned terror attacks on U.S. Yes, indeed, they did. Um, in addition to that, we've got some um you know, this this image of the beast is shaping up. They're looking at uh, all of these religions are increasingly obsessed with AI as God. That's coming up and I just keep reading more and more on this. Uh the Russian Facebook ads were anti Trump as it turns out, according to when you look at it. But the according to the testimony today, uh you know, this was just um Russia doing everything it could to screw up everything it could here in America. I don't know. Uh, but it went both ways. And have you ever noticed how the main thing within the Russian dossier that most people are paying attention to was be prostitutes urinating on the bed? Right? Um, is that collusion? Is there, I don't know. Is that collusion with the Russian prostitute pipes? I don't know. CIA has found Hitler. uh, Ever ever read the definition of pollution? By the way, Uh, multiculturalism is killing in New York. They have been culturally enhanced, haven't they? We are being culturally enhanced thanks to the Democrats. And they hate it. They cannot stand it when we bring it up. We've got a bunch of clips. Let's see. We may stumble into more. So anyway, I'll tell you, let's just uh, go ahead. You know how I love to kick this thing off. So, uh, where is my kickoff? Oh, I forgot to stick it in there. I'm going to run find it. Let me see here. Um, Let's run tonight.
2: We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations. A new world order.
1: And this is what it looks
3: like. There's a need for new world order, but it has different characteristics in different parts of, of the world.
4: You've got a business. that You didn't
3: build that. Somebody else made that happen.
5: Finland of all countries is kicking off the new year by launching a new social experiment. Some 2,000 unemployed citizens chosen at random will get a guaranteed monthly income whether they work or not. A lot of economists actually think this could be a good idea, saying it will cut down on government red tape and welfare fraud while helping to combat poverty. Secretary Clinton, in a speech you gave to a Brazilian bank for which you were paid $225,000, we've learned from the WikiLeaks that you said this, and I want to quote, My dream is a hemispheric common market with open trade and open borders.
0: I don't remember that. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities.
1: And the, and the hope power. that each of us has to build a new world order.
5: The pieces are in flux. Soon they will settle again. Before they do, let us reorder this world around us. We've got to give them a stake
4: in creating the kind of uh, a world order that I think all of us would like to see. Leaders come together and establish a framework for global governance. These measures are enacted. We continue to move forward with the G20 process. We will have the kind of global governance that is necessary to ensure the stability and transparency of markets.
6: I think the new world order is emerging, and with it the foundations
1: of a new and progressive era of international cooperation. The affirmative
4: task we have now is to actually um, create uh, uh, a new world order
1: sit on my lap, darling. Yeah, I know. I had to throw it in there. Uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, the cynicism, uh, you know, the, ordinarily, as many of you probably know, especially you regular listeners, I mean, I'm writing a lot more reports now and a lot fewer essays because, um, as I've stated many times before, you know, uh, when I started this this thing what, a decade ago? Uh, writing all the time. I b- practically missed a big chunk of my children's job. Hood, um, just you know, because the the battle, I, I mean, I could see it taking shape. I could see what was coming. And uh, I mean, seriously, I could. I mean, and, uh, so many of us, if you will recall back to that time, I wonder if the liberals are feeling the same way that we were feeling. I don't think it's exactly the same. I think what the liberals see, and so many people try to describe it, are the progressives. It's really more the progressives than the liberals. Uh, I just you don't know who's buying into the movement at any one time. <clears throat> but what they see, you got to remember that so many of these are what we might refer to as club members. Okay so many of these, especially of the elitist ilk, as they like to think of themselves. We call them the elitists because they refer to themselves in that way. They're not really the elite, okay? We saw a uh, sort of a uh, a microcosm of the elite when we watched Laura Ingram interview Chief of State John Kelly. Now, that is what I would call an elite. <clears throat> yeah, that's where the elitism is. It's, it's, it's those who would give their lives for these nations that is an elite. Those who would ready to lay down their lives, join the service that defends this nation. Although it hasn't been used much for defense, I should say, in the last little while, we're fixing that. I do believe right now. <clears throat> so, but they they were given orders and they followed them. That's all you can do, and um, that's you sacrifice your liberty when you join the military so that others might enjoy theirs okay and uh... this is uh... that those are the true elites. okay it's uh... for us to be calling these members of the top of the pyramid as they say or at least those who think they're of the top of the pyramid they're not actually they're just useful idiots they're tools for the demonic left okay and we know, I believe, where they're getting their marching orders. It's actually more of a whisper into their ears, late at night. So, uh, and I hope you enjoyed your Halloween. I really didn't. It's like it's almost as if I forgot. I put on the few office decorations up, but you know, by and large, I largely forgot about the entire thing. I did sort of. As a, uh, a waypoint to Halloween, I watched Trey Smith's uh, Demons. Yeah, you know, he visits the Holy Land. I love Trey Smith. And um, he, he's just such a fascinating, wow, he's like a mad scientist, a mad Christian scientist. But, yeah, he was out in the Holy Land, It is fascinating to watch. And he goes out in the Sea of Galilee, you know, and he sort of, he looks over to Mount Hermon, where, you know, a lot of the, the bad stuff began near Israel or in Israel, I'm I'm not sure but I do know that he's also doing a deal with Exodus. Now when he goes to the Holy Land, by the way, uh he and uh he takes Rick Derringer, the you know, the rock star uh who was in who produced a number of albums, you know, uh Rolling Stones. I mean this guy's a, a rock giant. Anyway, he goes out there and, and his story of putting it all together and what all happened, some of the crazy uh, things that just fell into place. It is really interesting, and um, he goes and visits. But but he does talk about the demons. Now he goes to Sodom and Gomorrah. And the funny thing about that, before I get to the show uh, stuff, is when he went to Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know. Is there a sea there? Maybe there is, but um, I didn't. He didn't show it. Uh, you know. But what he was doing is he was. And you could clearly see what he was describing. There are these massive. Uh, uh, limestone structures, okay, um, covered, I mean, it, it, clearly it's been covered in ash, and that ash has actually turned into limestone over the many years. I, I need to look at the uh, geological precepts behind that. I'm that kind of person. I'm very curious. So I'm like, wow, I didn't know that would turn into limestone, you know, and so then I go Google that, and then I start studying, and two hours later I sort of have the better picture of exactly what happens what turns ash to limestone but uh back to the story he digs out um these sulfur balls okay and they and they are they're like you know the size of almost uh, uh you know maybe it's uh 40% of a tennis ball let's just say if you can imagine that they're balls and that's when you know god when he uh took out Sodom and Gomorrah he rained down what is it? Brimstone and uh, sulfur on the city. Okay, uh, and he, it was so fascinating because Trey was digging out these the yellow sulfur balls, and there there they were, and they were embedded in the limestone. You just digging, you know, because limestone is very soft. So he's just digging in the limestone, and it's kind of like ash. Sure enough, but it's not hard to dig into, even though it's stone. So it's um very powdery. And uh, he's pulling out sulfur balls, and he lights them. and uh, But anyway, it was so funny because he describes as he comes out You can get this on YouTube, okay? You can go to YouTube. I didn't put it in the show. It just sort of occurred to me because I watched it. That was sort of my Halloween thing last night. You know, I go through, in October, I like to watch Halloween shows, like various movies, et cetera. Like, I think I pulled up, my favorite of all time is the Mothman prophecies. I love that. Even that at the end of the show has the end of the... Uh, the uh, show for the Mothman prophecies. But it is just an extraordinarily well-done movie, and it's based on true events that took place in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Okay, mm-hmm. And with a, a guy who worked for the Washington Post at the time, his name is John Keel. I think it is. Is it Keel? I believe so. Um, and anyway, some of the stuff, that, and I'm sure they embellished it. I haven't looked deeply into what they embellished and what they didn't. But if you can go look at the... Uh, so many documentaries etc about what happened in Point Pleasant with the appearance of the Mothman i think it was in the early 60s by the time that i was born so anyway if you if you're curious you want to see a really cool really good really uh, um creepy movie chilling but with really good acting um i've always uh enjoyed um the movies made um what is his name? Anyway, um, I can't remember his name. I cannot believe that. This is my show head. You know, I'm, I'm over here in another sector of my brain. So anything that's not really political related, eh, you know, so uh, or what's happening, uh, it'll come to me very quickly. But anyway, yeah, you, you did really good movie. And uh got some, like, signs. That's another one. Halloween, you know, some of those. So I enjoyed those during the month of October. Um so anyway, uh, but anyway, back to the story again. What happens is when uh, Trey Smith and his troop are, are coursing up in there, they they see orbs, they see you know, the demon orbs or the spirit orbs, whatever you want to call them. You know what I'm talking about. And um, the, there are actually two uh, sodomites that would be homosexuals laying on a pink towel. Right there in Sodom and Gomorrah. And you gotta wonder what in the hell why were these guys of all places did they even know they were there? And then while he's uh, he's still he's talking on the phone or something a little bit later in the sh- in the uh, about a thirty minute video or something like that, just sort of as an intro because it goes into you know, he sells these uh, these videos and he uh, he does very well with them apparently. And um and you can buy them. The artwork is uh, stunning, by the way. What he, you know, what he puts on here, uh, but it's very informative. And you can go to his YouTube channel, Trey Smith, and uh, the Theory of Everything. One of the most fascinating documentaries I've ever watched, and it did ultimately play into so many things that um, I've mused over for so many years. So anyway, let's move on to the show because we've got a lot, a lot, lot to go over. And I just burned 15 minutes. My apologies. So here we go. Now. What I did want to bring to your attention, okay, as I – let me take a sip of coffee here. This is my second cup since, what, 4 o'clock? What I was thinking about is this. uh, You know, we we see, like, what is happening between Spain and Catalonia. Uh, Lots of upheaval there. Uh, British exiting the EU – Uh, the fear is that there will be more nations that try to exit the EU, okay? And that's kingdom. By the way, uh, in biblical parlance, this is kingdom number two of the Ten Kingdoms, basically. We were supposed to be number one. I think Reagan really screwed that all up. We talked about this in last week's show with Lee Daniel, who should be on here in about an hour. Um, But it is true that, that they did have the plans to... And last week's show, we we talked about Project Bluebeam, and, um, boy, that is a nefarious thing. But, see, the thing is, is the technology is now present. And uh, I did notice in Facebook where, um, well, I put it in Facebook, I should say, but there was a story, okay, on um, this uh, massive light show, okay, in in the Soviet, or in the Soviet Union, in in, uh, Russia. And it was this massive uh, sphere like, I don't know, of light almost, and it's huge. And you really can't tell where it's coming from, okay? I mean, it's just there. And to me, it it did uh, remind me uh, significantly of what could, what, Project Blue Beam could look like and you've seen some of the clips of this uh, special laser um, projectability or projection where an orca comes out of a gymnasium floor and, you know, it looks like it's really there and the kids are flipping out and, you know, they're just sitting on each each side of the gym a a nice, beautiful, wooden gym floor. This orca comes flying up out of it, huge, you know, water and waves seemingly mixing into the floor, and it splashes down, you know, it's almost as if they're, they're waiting to feel the impact, okay, of, um, of the water, it's, it's just, it's crazy, so anyway, that's, uh, sort of a, if you've seen that clip, that sort of tells you the capabilities, okay, that are there, and, um, Do I want to move his... No, I'm going to keep it on this monitor. So anyway, um, my point here, and it it states so before I get into all these political stories, that as it is in the physical realm, so it is in the world government realm, and so it is in the spiritual realm. So if there's upheavals here on Earth, okay, people moving against or... Uh, In many cases, what we're seeing right now is is all of these so-called elites being outed. They're perverts. They're sexual perverts to the nth degree. They love kids. Kevin Spacey. Now, I knew the guy was gay. I told my daughter this a long time ago, and she was shocked then. But then she said, Dad, you know, the other night she comes walking. She's about 20, almost 21. Dad, you were right. You know, (laughs) Kevin Spacey is gay. I'm like, well, duh. It was so funny, though, how uh, he committed the cardinal sin, ladies and gentlemen, when he conflated being gay with pedophilia. And this is not a, you know, this is not some, uh, well, maybe it is the dirty little secret, because so many of them couch their gayness within a, within the, uh, the urges towards pedophilia, okay? And that is a wicked, horrible thing, but they're, you know, I mean, in essence, they're sodomites anyway. And if you are gay, I am so sorry to have to tell you this, but it's, uh, God doesn't like that, okay? I mean, there's a lot of things he doesn't like, but he considers that an abomination. That's an exit-only portal, guys, okay? It's not made for, you know, intrusions, okay, of any type. That's why they call enemas is so close to enemy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's why that is, okay? You should see the way I'm moving my hands right now. Anyway, I don't even like talking about this. But, yeah, Spacey, hey, look, he's a great actor, okay? But he's also, man, this guy, they're coming out of the wood. It's like termites surfacing, ladies and gentlemen. Hollywood is devouring itself, and it's not just limited to Hollywood. Now we have, okay, especially an NPR executive sexually harassing. I mean, isn't it funny how all of these wicked things are surfacing? These guys that you know take terrible advantage of women uh, in order to uh, satisfy their 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 hunger, their ap- their weird sexual appetites. They take advantage of these women. Uh, as as sort of as a career move, okay? Isn't that fascinating? So, And and it's really, I mean, they're they're just using these women uh, to satisfy their hunger, whatever that hunger is. Or maybe it's a child actor, as in the case of Spacey. It was so funny, though, because for those of you who watch House of Cards, you know, he plays the president, right? And he's so wily, always trying, you know... uh, jockeying for a political position in order to uh, weigh, you know, multiple steps ahead of everybody else in order to achieve his goal or whatever that may be. For those of you who watch House of Cards, you know, just just, uh, crazy tactically inclined, I mean strategically brilliant, he has portrayed on the show the House of Cards, okay? Uh, But the funny thing is, obviously, the way he answered that question or the his his comment once the 14 year old guy well he was 14 now he plays on the new Star Trek show which is supposed to be pretty good i haven't had a chance to watch it yet he plays this this actor who was 14 at the time in broadway okay um he was at a party and uh it was very late at night. He was watching TV because he wanted to get away from everybody else, apparently. So he went upstairs. He was in in Spacey's bedroom, and he had the TV turned on. And uh, he says later, and, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this is kind of a weird. I think, honestly, folks, I think there was a lot more that went on, okay, than just how this actor described it. But it's one of those things where uh he can get away with saying this because this, the Star Trek guy, whatever I forget his name is—he's kind of you wouldn't probably recognize his name. He's one of these—he's you know, he, he'll always be a character actor type. Uh, and this is his—you uh, know—he's he, had his fame, but this is his real fame. Okay, his 15 minutes of extraordinary fame. Um. But I'm just you know, I I think there was a little bit more to it than what he how he what he said was that Spacey was very drunk, came in, saw him on his bed. I mean, you know, think of that setup. I mean really. I mean you you're in a some guy's apartment, it's a drunk party of a bunch of celebrities or actors, which I mean, okay, that's gonna be kind of, you know, not so good anyway, from what we know of actors, right? But He's sitting on the guy's bed. It's almost as if he's waiting on him. Okay, so and then Spacey comes up and he claims that Spacey laid on him and tried to, you know, have sex with him, and um, uh, you know, Spacey, <laughs> it was so out of character compared to his character on House of Cards, the president, whatever his last name was, I forget, and um, so. You know, Spacey tried, and and the story that this actor is giving is that you know I said no, I, I want to leave or whatever, and he gets up and he sort of you know gets the hell out of there. And uh, I'm just wondering though, I'm, I, that story I don't know, man, because he knew it was gay even then, from what I'm understanding, this boy actor. And uh, you know, I, I just wonder if that is exactly exactly what happened. I don't know. I think there's more to the story than this, I, uh, probably a lot more. If I know anything about these Hollywood celebs, and I think I do, I think I see how they operate. So anyway, going back to my original contention is, as it is in this world, so it is in the spiritual realm, and vice versa. As it is in the spiritual realm around us, we battle not with flesh, but with principalities. You know that that verse. Um, just can, can you imagine how it might be in the spiritual realm? with uh... with what we are experiencing in the physical realm because it they mirror one another we know this from multiple passages within the uh... the holy book these realms mirror one another the multiverse that uh, you could say that we live in um, the, the various realms uh... are all mirrors of what is actually happening in that realm between that realm and the physical realm that we live in it's fascinating to think about so if we're having all this upheaval here, can you imagine how it might be there in the spiritual realm? Because the same sort of things are happening now. How that is being characterized, how that is being played out, we have no idea. But can you see these entities battling for position, for you know, the things being upheavaled and turned upside down? These demigods or demons or whatever you want to call them, trying to uh, change the uh, the hierarchy, as they say, and uh, you know, so. Um, and, and you know, as that is being played out, it, it makes you wonder: Are we mimicking them, or is it vice versa, or is it a little bit of both? You know, I mean, it's something to think about because the the uh, the, the biblical associations are are clearly in evidence that these spiritual interactions between earth and heaven uh, flow in 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 both ways. It, it goes back and forth. And the events on earth, as this website is saying, often causes changes in the spiritual realms. I was looking up what I was thinking about, and bam, I mean, I got this really cool web page called kingwatch.co.nz. Pretty dang good. And uh, it talks about Daniel, and, and Lee Daniel talks about this, but his prayers released the archangel Michael to constrain the spiritual being called the Prince of Persia. Now, Lee Daniel will tell you that each each you know region has its own prince, as they say, demonic prince. This enabled the other angel to speak to Daniel on the earth. This changed the situation for the exiles in Persia, and they eventually returned to the Promised Land. Now, isn't that fascinating? Daniel was down trying to get a prayer up to God. It was being blocked by this prince of Persia, and eventually... Uh, God or whomever finds out about it it within heaven and he sends the archangel the most powerful angel that there is Michael he is strong powerful okay and he comes down and sweeps the prince of persia out of the way i believe the other angel was gabriel gabriel so that gabriel could get past and deliver god's message to daniel but the fascinating thing is that what happened in that particular spiritual realm eventually changed the situations for the exiles in Persia, and they were able to be returned to the promised land. So this website is telling us that these angels and evil spirits do not have unlimited authority to move on the earth. God has given authority over the earth to humans, so they can only get involved if humans with the relevant authority give them permission. And evil spirits will cheat when they can, of course. This means that being in the spiritual realms. Are constrained by people on earth. isn't that fascinating isn't that fascinating so and 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 this is also why uh they these these beings seek out uh and bedevil and that's a good word enchant bedevil uh tempt these people that are in higher or or in positions of um influence that would be actors etc and use them to their own ends and even political leaders okay so this uh so you see the one plays against the other so that uh we can only imagine what is actually taking place in the spiritual realm as a result of here and vice versa but i suppose my point in going into this and this you know this interaction between the realms is to tell you that all of these stories we're going to be relating tonight as my time dwindles down um as I stage through this show they're they're all a part of that larger um, paradigm this paradigm between physical and spiritual um uh, interaction in essence isn't that fascinating when you stop and look at it okay and look if if you were raised as a Christian and I bet a big majority of of you were okay Who are listening, you cannot gainsay this and say, oh, that's nonsense, Barry. You don't know what you Now, you know, Rush and certainly many of these others, they can't exactly go into this area. I can go here all day long, okay, because I don't have anybody, all right, tell me what I can or can't do. I don't have any advertisers that are going to say, okay, you can't talk about this. I am fully capable of going anywhere I wish to go. And this is why maybe the show is so popular. There is nothing holding me, but you know, I am still. I've got about half—not my brain tied behind my back, but half of what I would like to say. Some, in in many cases, tied behind my back because I don't know. Um, there's a certain amount of gentleness that you have to use in order to, you know, force your positions, and and, and you know, with, without it, because it could scare some people off. And, and quite frankly. So you have to massage it in there very gently while you're wanting people to see, because if you hit them too hard, it's called the Overton window, okay? The Overton window is what people are willing to accept at any given moment. And, boy, let me tell you, that window continually stretches out, as you're going to see as we move through this show tonight. This Overton window is widening exponentially, okay? There's so many things that are happening, so many things that people are seeing, okay? And it goes into the supernatural realms in many, many cases, all right? So this is this is why, you know, I have to be kind of, uh, don't, you know, you have to be gentle with what you're doing here, okay? Uh, but back to this website, I, I do, I'm not going to have to read through this, but what it says is this spiritual to physical, the battle in the spiritual sphere has a strong influence of events on earth. Paul explained this in his letter to the Ephesians, he tells them to put on the full honor of God so that you can take your stand against the, you know, the devil's shames for our is not against flesh and blood, as I just, I just related this to you, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. This is straight out of the Bible. And if it's out of the Bible, as you know, there's something, obviously, there's something here. Um, now, it did have one interesting thing that... The interaction between the spiritual sphere and the physical world are critical to the operation of authority in both spheres. These interactions go both ways. The picture describes a situation where the influence of the kingdom has increased beyond the dark days of the fall. The angels live in the spiritual dimensions but have the ability to move between both worlds. The spiritual forces of evil... Those who are sort of monitoring and causing events here are fallen angels with the same ability to move between the spheres, the dimensions, and they operate in the spiritual realm, but they can cross over in the physical. Uh, they can touch our world in only one place at a time. Okay, This limits what they can do on earth. In contrast, the Holy Spirit is everywhere. That is your shield and your buckler. This gives him unlimited power and makes him far greater than any angel and much greater and given a much greater reach than any devil. You see, so this is part of the, the when the Holy Spirit came into being, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's why they say you don't necessarily have a guardian angel when you hit a certain point uh, as a Christian because you have the Holy Spirit there, and that's the most powerful of anything. But it is interesting, too. I'm going to go hit one other realm. I want you to keep this in mind as we move through the show tonight, okay? And this is kind of unusual. I don't normally do this. Normally we do this, this sort of thing in the second half of the show. But I'll tell you, folks, what I'm seeing happening right now, we are getting to a, a a sort of a singularity here. The things I think are really going to happen, okay? And we've got a lot of political news and things with the way I see them uh, and the, you know, the reports that are out there and the way I interpret them got a lot of stuff to go over okay so but the, every bit of it is 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 tied up into what I am sort of giving you right now this uh and there was one other place let me see that if I can find it um let's see yeah let me do a keyword search here really cool website uh I love it how I just sort of stumbled into these things sometimes because this was just a, uh, huh, where's that? At? I thought I saw serpents. Okay, let's try that. Okay, so here we go. Here's the interesting thing. If you've ever wondered, this website explains it wonderfully. So, and it has no website ranking. Isn't that sad? But this, this is one of the best I've ever seen. I'll put this in my favorites. Prior to the fall, I mean, he could see into the spiritual world. So many people have questions about this. They were able to walk with God in the cool of the evenings and speak directly to him. This explains it so well. They were able to see the devil, or Satan, or whatever, or Nakash, whatever you want to call him, when he came to tempt them. His activity in the spiritual dimensions made him appear snake like from a physical perspective in this dimension. Now, isn't that fascinating? It's, it's a matter of perception, what you see. The question is, is that what you know? this entity Satan wanted Adam and Eve to see, or is this just how it translated? Isn't it an interesting thought? So the situation did not last long. When Adam and Eve sinned, their sight was changed. And this kind of explains everything when you stop and think about it. This answers a lot of the questions that you have. Listen to this now. Listen. When Adam and Eve, and, and Eve sinned, Their sight was changed so they could no longer see into the spiritual realms, okay? The Bible says that their eyes were open and they realized they were naked. The statement is a huge irony. Their eyes were actually closed at that point to the spiritual realms. When they could see the brilliant glory of the heavenly realms, their observation of the physical world was dimmed, and they did not notice they were naked. Once the light of heavenly glory, though, was turned off, their view of the physical world was greatly intensified so that they realized for the first time that they were naked. Now, isn't that fascinating? That is a perfect <clears throat> explanation of why you can't see God. You know, you, you can you can sort of uh, theoretically uh, come up with all sorts of solutions. Well, he's just too big or, you know, so any sort of possible explanation sort of in the metaphysical. But what this says is it was a physical changing, and if you'll notice, you can see these these other people out here, you know, these CNN and ABC, CBS. These journalists are a perfect example. They can never quite get their narrative uh, accurate or even anywhere near accurate, okay? Because they don't see what is actually happening, and when you get so mad. And some of these Obama and, you know, Hillary Clinton uh, sixths who just think she's the end, uh, you know, I mean, we see her as a witch, okay, an evil witch, channeling Eleanor Roosevelt, talking to the spirits, and actually going to a Wiccan church, right? Well, they don't see or certainly not hear or don't see the issue with her doing any of the things that she's done. They can't see, you see, is my point. They can't see their their eyes are being uh, blinded from seeing what is actually there. So if you look at Adam and even and look how spiritually blocked they were from seeing into that realm, I mean, completely blocked to almost. I mean, there there were. I, I think there was one passage where they could at some point. Between these two points, they could see that you know God was still there, but it, that sort of closed off eventually, and then they were banished, you know, from uh, eat. So, and, and a lot of people think this is figurative, and you know, this is figurative. It's not really real. It's not a real story. We believe that it is. So many of us do, because it it, it satisfies so many questions that we might have about all of this. And as fantastic as it is, most people don't stop to think about how fantastic, how utterly amazing it is, our own lives that we take for granted. That you know might might contain some amazing magical element that is life, and how we live it, and what we see around us. We take it as uh, it's just you know normal you know existence. When in fact, what if it was a miracle? and We just don't realize it. Isn't that fascinating? I think it is. So the same thing might apply to why these people don't see what's actually going on, why they don't see that, you know, letting terrorists in is a very bad, dumb, stupid thing. You're going to see me talking about this. The Letting Islamic, these these demonic goat men in here to kill us is not a wise move. Well, they have to come in. You know, you're going to keep out the good ones. and Well, you know, that's tough beans. That's the world that we live in. Maybe if they handled their own governments a little bit better, had a little bit more input or fought for more input the way we did during the Revolutionary and Civil Wars, maybe if they did those things, they wouldn't have to be fleeing to America, right? Have you ever thought about that? Well, certainly the as they like to call themselves. Again, I can't stand referring to them as the elite, but that's how they know themselves, and that's how so many within the media refer to them. So I have to use whatever label they ascribe to themselves, even though I do so laughingly. I don't see them as being anywhere near elite. I see a a farmer on his tractor. That's a farmer, more more of an elite than any of these uh, assholes up in D.C. Pardon my language, up, up, up in the inner beltway. Well, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. I'm going to tell you the way I see it, and I'm not going to hold back as far as that goes. So, or maybe I am. You should see some of the language I could use as a former U.S. Navy sailor. But anyway, what what we what we're seeing within all of this taking place is these people are blinded, and it's a form of spiritual blindness that speaks to the same blindness that occurred with Adam and Eve, okay, Uh, when all of this uh, initially came about. And I've seen so many theories I wouldn't even begin to, I could start throwing them out there as to what it was that the serpent actually did, uh, eating of the fruit. What was that fruit? Is that symbolic or is it a metaphor? We don't know. Uh, maybe it was actually just a fruit, something, some, some form of nourishment. Maybe it was knowledge. Who the heck knows? Uh, maybe it was a real tree, and it, uh, the story is verbatim what happened. We just don't know, okay? But what we do know is they were spiritually blinded. They could no longer see because it physically stopped them from doing so. The actual sin changed everything, the original sin. And uh, something that I don't think any of us will ever completely understand on this planet. So anyway, moving from there, the point is the spiritual blindness, okay? And some of us can see still to some varying degree, you know, what is actually happening in this realm, in this physical realm. We can actually see some of the spiritual components of our opponents, let's just say. And... um Many of us just simply cannot I mean many of uh, uh many Americans are so misled and so blinded by the God of their world, the one that they worship sort of maybe indirectly uh or perhaps directly in many cases but anyway, there is a price to be paid for that, and I believe that's what we're seeing right now so having said all that okay and we we'll, we're gonna kill that little page there and uh maybe I'll maybe I'll remember, probably not, but maybe I'll remember to get up in the morning. But anyway, um uh, now then the first thing is uh, that I wanted to get into was this this terrorist attack. Forty five minutes into it I'm so sorry but uh what we learned today, folks, was that Russian uh these these you know Facebook Russian ads and all of that, well, these actors sought to undermine Trump after the election, okay? And that is a bombshell. Politico initially had this report, but this is due to testimony in D.C. Top lawyers from Facebook and Twitter said Tuesday that Russian link posts and advertisements placed on the social networks after Election Day sought to sow doubt about Trump's victory, okay? And uh, Facebook General Counsel Colin Stretch told a Senate Judiciary panel that content generated by a Russian troll farm—I don't know if this is like the Macedonian uh, uh, troll farms that uh, Hillary blamed for her loss, but anyway, you know the Macedonian content farms, as I say—but uh, the Russian troll farm uh, or content farm or Content Farmer, known as the Internet Research Agency, after November the 8th, centered on fomenting discord about the validity of Trump's election. And, of course, the Democrats and the entire media jumped on that trolley, didn't they? Jumped on that wagon. Been riding it for everything it's worth ever since. It says that's a change from Russia's pre-election activity, which was largely centered on trying to denigrate Hillary Clinton. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. What was the Russian dossier about uh, uh, all of Trump's clandestine meetings and trying to, you know, uh, hook up with the Russians for God knows only Uh, what. You know, the whole thing was proven untrue by the fact that where this dossier said people like Cohen were, uh, were proven wrong by Cohen. He actually showed his passport and all of this, you know. So it was proven to be wrong. And Cohen had witnesses that said, no, he wasn't there. He was here on this day because the Russian dossier laid out that uh, Cohen, you know, he's a guy that's on Hannity who uh, uh, works with uh, Trump very closely before all of this, very close to Trump, uh, very, uh, uh, yeah, he's very outspoken. Many of you saw him on multiple shows but he was a guy that the uh that the russians but but the point is that the information ladies and gentlemen, came from like at least to Russian government in one case a foreign minister in the other case another government official, but it came from the Russian government and it was intended during the campaign of trump to hurt trump to disparage Trump and to make him look like a traitor. And it has been, we know that it's bullshit. All of it's been, essentially, none of it can be proven, and all of it has been proven essentially untrue, because none of the things that they say happened actually happened. The people weren't the, they were not in the right places at the right times, as laid out by the dossier. And, you know, another interesting thing, if this was from Russia, if you notice that it didn't say a damn thing about Hillary and her Uranium One deal with the Russians... Isn't that fascinating? Where they did, uh, they, they held sway over 20% of our uranium, and they keep telling you, I love these politifacts." Oh, that never happened. They don't control our uranium. Oh, yeah, they do. Uh, it has been proven in a New York Times article. This Most of the story came between Peter Schweizer and the New York Times, uh, Breitbart and the New York Times, right? And the New York Times reported that yellowcake uranium was transported from the U.S. into Canada by virtue of this Clinton business arrangement with the Russians, and then shipped off to parts unknown. So it was supposed to stay in the United States, and they keep telling, "No, it's not like that." It's, but but yes, it is. In a nutshell, Russia now controls 20 percent because that particular company was given the contract to Rosatom to do that. So during the election, so so that was
3: uh,
1: that was clearly. Not in Trump's favor. That was designed to damage Trump, to irretrievably hurt him. And this is something that the FBI paid for. As a matter of fact, the Washington Free Beacon, Paul Singer, a never-Trumper, one of those rhino Republican billionaires who uh, runs the uh, Free Beacon, okay, he was the one that initially sponsored this uh, as a sort of uh, opposition research. And that was true opposition research, okay, conducted by the Washington Free Beacon. It's a website that we refer to in a lot of stories here on occasion uh, in Conservative Focus, our you know page, which contains elements from everywhere in the news. Okay, so, so that was where... But then when Trump won the nomination, the Free Beacon said, okay, that's enough, that's good, we don't need any more opposition, thank you. And so Fusion GPS turned to... Clinton, and that's where something on the order of at least $12 million was paid to a Washington, D.C. law firm, Parker, Parker and Bose or something like that. And that law firm then sent the money to Christopher Steele, who was an MI9 supervisor sitting on the Russian desk, kind of like the British CIA. And then Steele went out to these Russian contacts Actually worked for the Russian government and put these a series of memos together, which were fake. it was disinformation it 's a clear it 's an asymmetrical warfare, a disinformation campaign by the Russians. They were going after both Hillary and Trump, and what they were trying to do was to create chaos on both sides, and they were pretty effective at it so this was the extent largely of their meddling in the election, and they still get so much of it wrong. They're saying, without any proof, and there is no proof, ladies and gentlemen, that Russia was the one that hacked the DNC. But we already know that they used a program designed by the CIA to mask who was actually trying to get the information. That's how they did it. So they they left the, the Russian fingerprint there when the software that they were using was designed to leave a false fingerprint or footprint or whatever you want to call it. So who used the footprint? We don't know. But we know that it ended up at WikiLeaks, and we know that Julian Assange got it, and we know that Assange is adamant in stating that this did not come from any state actor. So in other words, now let's, fast, let, let's do a rewind all the way back to Seth Rich, the guy who was killed, okay, And the guy who Podesta, in his email, stated we need to make an example of him, we later found out. And uh, he was murdered, he was robbed, and he was shot in the back, but he really didn't die that night. It wasn't until early in the morning that he died, and his wounds were not life-threatening at the time, according to the surgeon on call. And, by the way, every security Dude uh almost in washington d c was on that floor of that hospital now, why would that be so it was a robbery that they they didn't take any of his personal care. so my point is, and even Julian Assange, ladies and gentlemen, stated in an interview that they had a reward out for the killer of Seth Rich, and they said that you know sometimes some of our sources. Uh, face severe life risk okay so this tells us this tells us and even he. Uh, by the way uh, Assange did meet with a GOP I think it was a, either with a senator or a representative I think it was a representative I forget his name this took place a few months back and he was given the information clearly showing that it was not the Russians so this has been all a deep state sort of smear job or a cover job to try to deflect from the fact that it was not the Russians who got this information from the DNC. And then there have been other deaths since that time, right? So so from there, the the Trump dossier, you had uh, the FBI's Comey offering 50000 uh to Fusion GPS to continue their fictional narrative and I'm sure they were more than happy to oblige. It's not clear whether they got all the money from, but in the meantime, the FBI has not been forthcoming with that information. And if you will recall, we only found out, ladies and gentlemen, the Clinton's campaign and the DNC and Obama, by the way, that's the story coming up. He also gave a million to Fusion GPS. Aha! Uh-huh. So, so now we have a little bit of a uh, triumvirate here going on, a triangle, as they say. Okay, so they gave money to this organization. So the entire report was based on the Democrats buying this information. <clears throat> To the tune of about $12 million, the reason they gave the money to their law firm to buy this information was so that they could cover up, cover up the linkage. The only way that they found out later on that they had given this money to this firm was because of a, a congressional subpoena issued by uh, Devin Nunes's. um what is he in charge of? I forget. There are all these names swirling about in their positions. But they they issued a subpoena to the bank of Fusion GPS. And, uh, see, at that point or before, Fusion GPS had been blocking everything. And all of a sudden, uh, that that uh, that subpoena by Congress, which was a smart move, to the bank of Fusion GPS, forced the Hillary Clinton and the DNC to fess up because if that thing came out during a a subpoena it would only get even worse so that's when the confession was okay we give up yeah we paid them but there's still more to come there was a, a settlement of some sort between fusion gps and uh... the house investigation or investigators so we still uh... i don't know nobody really knows what was contained within that uh... agreement but We do know now that they are getting the information that they requested. But also, this is how we found out, ladies and gentlemen, that it was Hillary Clinton. Now, that changes everything. If they were paying for this dossier uh, sort of as a uh, misinformation campaign against Trump. And then here's the thing. From there... The entire investigation that was that forced the special counsel, because of Comey's lies in front of Congress and testimony, basically, I mean, that's what happened. That forced, or caused, I should say, the attorney general's office to appoint the special counsel, which was Mueller. But all of this was tied directly to some of the details, the false details, within the fake Trump dossier. So the entire thing was and and remember now once this thing had been floating around DC for a very long time all throughout 20 half of 2016 at least. So what happened there well uh when it looked like Trump was going was going to win no matter what and Trump was getting his daily briefings he said I don't need a, a briefing every day. And so the FBI decided. Well, you know what? If he's going to be, uh, if he thinks he doesn't need us every day to give him, we're going to show him. And so at that point, they they brought up the Trump dossier and said, "This is a kind of fiction surfacing that you need to know about." Well, but see, what also happened was. All of these entities that had this information saw that the FBI had used that dossier to show Trump why he needed them so much for his security briefings or something. Supposedly, I think it was the opposite. I think they were just aching to let that go, even though it was fiction, because they knew the media would run with it. And boy, did they. So they let it go. BuzzFeed catches word of it, and BuzzFeed puts it out there, and we already know the reason that nobody ran the story prior to that was because they knew it all—it was complete fiction, but they've bought into their own fiction. It's like a bunch of Harry Potter
3: moviegoers.
1: I mean, at, at a point, they start living Harry Potter, even though it's completely fake and bullshit, okay? It's just like, you know, so it's just extreme entertainment, very well done, or very well done, all right? And so... People start buying into it. They start living the fantasy, like Dungeons & Dragons, and that is precisely what the media is doing right now. They're living the fantasy, but guess what happened? As I detailed last week, this thing has boomeranged back because now we know what happened. But not only that, we also know that a man has come forward I think I'm explaining this entire story to give you an idea of what actually happened. That is so cool. I didn't know I could do it. But what happened then is you had a guy come forward where uh, they were investigating the the real collusion, and this is the connection. The collusion is the connection, the actual collusion versus fictitious collusion. And, by the way, collusion is not against the law. There is no law uh, specifically stating collusion which is why you won't see that in any of the indictments, okay, because there is no law <clears throat> against collusion. So this uh, two things happened now, and I'm going to give you – I'm going to switch to some clips that I have. But in the first instance, you had the FBI and the Department of Justice for Obama uh, – They were investigating Russian racketeering within the U.S. nuclear industry, okay, and they had a secret informant in there acting sort of as a double agent. And that particular double agent saw everything that was going on, and he was sworn to secrecy, given a gag order at risk of him being, or at the certainty of him being locked up if he ever exposed what was actually happening. And it wasn't until Trump demanded the Sessions release the gag order, because he wasn't going to release it, apparently. Uh, Trump ordered him to release the guy, this informant, from the gag order. So now you have this thing now moving forward, and the Dems are scared out of their wits. And I hope they're – I'm sure they've got this guy guarded for because they will take him out. You've seen the Clinton body count. So And he wanted to come forward to tell people. It's not like a Lewis Lerner taking the fifth. It's the exact opposite. This guy wants to come forward and tell his story, and it's not going to be good for Hillary Clinton or the Obama regime. All right? So, and a lot of people believe, and this one does too, that this entire setup was a complete deflection to try to keep us from looking at the uranium-1 deal, which was really, again, Bought out by uh, Peter Schweizer and the New York Times back all the way. I think it was in 2015, early 2015, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe early 2016 was when, because we put it up the minute we saw it. Okay. I, why does my nose always get stopped up when I do the show when I'm doing a long, you know? Anyway, you ever notice that? Oh yeah, for the yeah, you know it. So yeah, uh, it is so annoying. Anyway. So that that was the deflection. That that is the reason more or less where we are now. Now the facts are coming out, but I want to segue first over to the New York City uh deal. Now, you know, there was a huge boo ho ho, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> between Trump and Schumer today because of this diversity it's actually a diversity visa, okay? Now what in the hell is a diversity visa? Well, it's a visa designed to culturally enhance us, okay? So, New York, this is the second, th- third, or is this the fourth time that you have been culturally enhanced in a very major way? How do you like this freaking cultural enhancement? It's not very good. You, it's not funny. We had extreme, I mean, we, eight people were killed by this idiot getting into this goat man, getting into a truck, yelling, Allahu Akbar. Which is, a, is demon your grade or whatever, and uh, roaring down the road at 40 miles an hour, running over bicyclists and pedestrians. Uh, again, luckily, just like in Vegas, we're so lucky that it was only eight people. But that's not lucky, is it? I guess it's just what is a uh, what is a word? Uh, serendipitous that it was only eight people uh, can, when we consider the population of New York City, something like what seven million and upwards. So, now the uh, the conversation has turned to, well, of course the liberals are trying to blame everybody. I'm going to, uh, and Lee Daniels is here now, so we're going to bring him on in just a minute. But I wanted you to hear this passage first between Sebastian Gorka and Sean Hannity uh, of what is actually going on. And then we're going to, uh, we're going to move through, we're going to bring Lee in and move through some of these other clips. And then we got... Tons of stories still to go through that we're going to make it through. We'll have to speed through it. But as always, uh, I spend so much time laying the foundation, it takes me a while. To, and that's the way I build decks, too, apparently. Uh, anyway, because, you know, I'm doing the renovation. That's one of the reasons I have been writing as much, because I'm tearing apart a deck and rebuilding it with really cool stuff. So anyway, I want you to hear this first, okay, between Gorka sort of explaining what's going on with Hannity and uh, and then we can move from there Uh,
6: We can do much better. Uh, We absolutely can, especially under the presidency of Donald J. Trump. Number one, we have to jettison this idea of a lone wolf. Lone wolf was invented as a phrase or was made popular by the Obama administration to make Americans disconnect the dots. There has not been a significant jihadi attack since September the 11th in the United States where one person acted completely isolated from everybody else. Even Major Nidal Hassan, the man who was by himself in Fort Hood, was in regular contact with Anwar al-Awlaki, who blessed his attack on his fellow servicemen. So, number one, no more political correctness. That gets thrown out of the window. But, but second, I'm not taking issue with you. I just think this is important. Are there not people that,
2: in the privacy of their own homes, are not you know, somehow identifying with this sick, twisted, evil cause? Uh, adopting, oh, I'm going to be a disciple of, I'm going to take orders from whoever gives them to me, make an attack on Halloween, and then act independently. You're saying we should jettison
6: that entire idea that that doesn't exist? Yeah, we should jettison the idea that there's an individual in their basement who one day is an upstanding American citizen, and then a few weeks later, just because they went to a few websites, they become a jihadi. Never happened. The the closest we got was that pathetic case of jihadi Jane, and that wasn't a serious case. When you look at serious plots that have occurred, there's always some connection. Either the individual traveled to Pakistan, to the Middle East, to Syria, got training, or they were in touch with another human being who, in indoctrinated them who blessed their action against the infidel so there's always there's a footprint there's an electronic and a physical footprint and we have to identify it number one by understanding There's no front line in this war like there were in olden days. There's no trench out in France. There's no front line in Germany or in the Asia-Pacific. The front line, Sean, is when you leave your house in the morning, whether you're going to a Christmas party in an office in San Bernardino, whether you're going on a fun run in Boston. You have to be responsible for your own safety. Use the Second Amendment if you are trained and legally capable to do so. I know you believe in it. I believe in it. And secondly, even if you don't have the mental fortitude, to carry a gun to protect yourself and your loved ones be aware of your surroundings, and when you see something suspicious, say it. These attacks take weeks and sometimes months to prepare. We know the San Bernardino killers were undertaking suspicious activity before the attack that their neighbors refused to report for fear of being called Islamophobes or racist. That has to end. You, you see something, you say something, because you could be saving lives. You know, I, you say that, and I, I want to go in spite of all that has happened. And all the
2: terror around the world will put on, I I, I have four TVs in my radio studio today, as this was all unfolding live on radio. And I look at a CNN fake news chyron, and it actually says, witness, suspect, was yelling, God is great, in Arabic. Okay, he said, Allahu Akbar. So somebody, fake news CNN, there is this fear. Remember, in in the case, we had the one case where the neighbors saw these guys working late at night and didn't want to say anything, and I think your point is well taken. Let me ask this question. We have talked at length about the misuse and the great sophistication and the weaponry of our intelligence community. Uh, Every phone call, I was told uh, by Bill Binney, 34-year veteran, NSA, every phone call, every email, every text message is literally being monitored by our intelligence. We have the capability of picking it up. Are you, do, can we legally, can we thread the needle constitutionally, unreasonable search and seizure, can we thread that needle and monitor what people say without getting into people's private lives because we've seen the dangers with,
1: with surveillance and unmasking and leaking. Yeah, and I don't like where he's going with that because you know what, folks, here, here it is. Islam was outlawed in the U.S. a long time ago, What back in the fifties, okay? And, you know, instead of changing our entire lives, and, and, and Lee and I both know, Lee Daniels on, by the way, hey, Lee, how you doing? But as we watch what is happening, what is taking place, if you will notice, they're letting them in, and they are having to completely rebuff, restructure, solidify, strengthen the U.S. security state, and the more security there is, the less freedom you're going to have. The more infringements on your constitutional rights there are. And Lee, I can hear your sounds all over the place. So, you see, this this is the problem with this. Okay, do, do you want to sacrifice all of your liberty? Do you want to continually sacrifice your liberty, okay, in order so that we can accommodate these goat men, okay, to come into our nation... And then, once they come into our nation, eventually, maybe only 1%. But as you've seen, I mean, the news came out today that the Muslim faith will soon overtake Judaism in the United States, ladies and gentlemen. It's growing fast, okay? So maybe the better step, or certainly not even maybe— but it is the better step, is to limit, if not completely prohibit, these people from coming in, if we cannot vet them. And even if you can they can still become radicalized. This is why political Islam was outlawed in the United States, and it needs to be. It's not a religion. It is a cult, okay? And it is a very dangerous cult. And, and they keep trying to All of these uh, left-wingers in the media and elsewhere, the progressive left, because they are in cahoots, obviously, with Islam. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen, but they are, uh, because we are their enemy. We are a worse enemy. Conservatives, traditional Americans, are a worse enemy to the progressive game plan, the paradigm that they're trying to push, okay, than Islam is, until it's not. And that's when, once at some point in the future, if they win this battle between us and them, then guess what happens? Then Islam is going to turn on them. Uh, you can see it. Uh, even if you were a blind idiot, you could see it coming. Okay? So this is what now—and uh, I'm going to bring Lee Daniel in, get his narrative. Then we're going to go to the second clip. And, uh, Lee, I hope you're doing well. Uh, you saw what happened. Uh, What are your thoughts? And then I'm going to play this. I want to let you hear what the progressives, Geraldo Rivera, a classic progressive. I know. He likes Trump. That's nice. But whenever it comes to terrorism, except for the time that he thought his daughter was getting hit in France, then he became a hardcore, okay, againstism. But, of course, he's backed off of that again, and he's saying stupid things again. So what did you think? I mean, it's just – it gets so – These people are insane, Lee What do you think?
7: The whole thing And I don't mean to argue your point But the whole thing is far worse than a cult And there's two problems to it It's a totally alternate culture Number one Number two it's a ritualized and regimented culture that people have an inclination to fall into. There's a lot of psychological reasons for that, but it's, it's comfort zones and safety, and it even goes to the Stockholm Syndrome and abuses. But third is that they have a false god right here rewarding them directly, you know, our concept is in the Judeo Christian situation is by faith. Their God is standing right here and rewarding them immediately and directly for each obedience. You know, and they network that as a culture. So they're unified in all this and that's that's the big play of even another level of what we've talked about, about, quote, aliens, unquote, and the secret, the the deepest, darkest secrets about the United States and their alliance with, quote, the aliens, unquote. Now, there's two whole levels of culture there that started in the 40s, late 40s. All that would have, to be dis- it would have to be dismantled all the way back to the whole infrastructure. And now, you know, it was they were so short-sighted back then to let it get out of hand in, in fear and, and in unbelief. Now, it's to the tipping point. Just like you said, it's to a tipping point because they didn't see down the road. Where this was going, they didn't care. All they cared about was getting the technology, and all they cared about was getting the "quote safety unquote" for the United States. Well, they did, and they also got the money to go with it. But what they didn't see was down the road where this was going, and maybe didn't care.
8: Maybe they because did Because they it.
7: thought I,
1: I, maybe I, I they believe... did
7: see it and didn't give a damn.
1: Well, I think it's a, a matter of they were a in of... with
7: the, they were the in crowd.
1: Right. You know? Well, they're not. They're not at the top of the pyramid, and and we, we've talked about these secret society concentric circles. And what we do know is there is a direct and right. in, in, just incontrovertible evidence that these operating societies are very. Uh, they're they're ensconced within the deep state of this and, government, and there is there is your connection and right there.
7: Goal- an ultimate goal for every one of them is to bring their own god in. That's it, right?
1: And it, yeah, and then if you look at each one of these occult worship forms from Marxism and from uh, globalism, internationalism, uh, you know, New Ageism, all of these blasted isms, uh, all all of them preach you will become as gods, even as Nakash in the garden, which I went over about the spiritual battle taking place. Yeah, and they and do. To them, they and, do. Yeah, and so And we sat here
7: like blissful we sat here like blissful idiots and refused to believe oh that's not possible there's no alien life form trying to take us over there's no quote alien well, well the, threat. You, know, you know the dirty there's little no devil. secret
1: the alien is the demon that's the that's the secret right there <laughs> exactly. I mean that's the, that's that's the that's the that's the culmination point, ladies and gentlemen. This at is a, the, it's almost like a joke. At the next
7: to the highest level, there is one more level above them, and and they set at the next to the highest level.
1: Yeah, to be the eye, as they say. And this is you know this is uh, it is crazy, and it's it's look, I mean the whole point is to to prepare the the seat of world government first you got to have a world government before you can have a world leader right so the whole point is to get everything to the point where you can have a world government that's the new world order okay that we constantly talk about because it is integral it is a vital component of all this so if you don't understand that none of this makes sense but then you take all of that and go put go take the template from that the Bible gives you in both the Old and New Testament. Take that template and overlay it on what we see happening now, and we see the stages going forward. And it it goes all the way back to ancient times. These secret societies even existed back during Egypt. That's where the masonry came from. Freemasonry essentially was started in ancient Egypt, okay, and has been sort of reiterated over and over. And what they discovered back after the 1700s, in essence, was that a good society, a good secret society, a fraternal order to use would be the Freemasons. And, of course, there are so many others in addition to that. And and here's the thing, because at this point, we're at the edge of the Everton window, Lee Daniel. You know, people are going, oh, come on, uh, I, I just can't, I'm, I'm, I can't accept that, okay? But the whole point is that they, even in, in Nakash, as you call him, uh, when he appeared to Adam and Eve, was you will be as God. You will open your eyes. You will be as God. Now, that's what... You Satanism, will be as
7: him to know good and evil.
1: Yep, the, and as gods, And that's yeah. what they preach in Satanism. That's what they preach in occultism. That's what they preach in Jehovah's Witnesses. That's what they preach in Mormonism, pretty much New Ageism. You'll be as God. Every one of these uh, occult religions teaches that you will become as God. You will be You will be a God-like being, in essence. That's the whole point of it. And you never will. It's a joke, and it's impossible, okay? But now there was one in particular, speaking to what I am talking to you about right now, and it's one of the reasons I believe that JFK was killed. I'm going to play it for you again. This is like the... the uh, the exclamation point on all of this, okay, and he comes right out and he tells you uh exactly what is going on and what is happening and this was a president, and this was in what nineteen around the early early sixties maybe sixty two and here's what he had to say about these yeah these thank you these secret societies now listen carefully he's going to lay it out for you, and you can take this and inculcate it into what we're sort of communicating to you, and then the whole world, the whole thing opens up once you hear this.
7: And Check in it particular, out. who who was it that he went after?
1: Well, I mean, he went after the CIA. Their money.
7: Uh, their yeah? money. But there was the so much Reserve. more than that.
1: He was going to expose well, them.
7: Well, he, he went after but, all of them, but yeah. his main target was starting with the Federal Reserve. He he started to cut their lifeblood off.
9: The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically, opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know, for we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned. No rumor is printed. No secret is revealed. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program. For from that scrutiny comes understanding. And from that understanding comes support or opposition. And both are...
1: Now there, that's the meat of it. But uh, here's the thing. You've got to look that up. Yeah, You know, because I've heard some people say, well, Trump attacks the media. Look... Here's the thing about the media. Uh, Since Kennedy's time, it has now been bought out by six corporations, in essence, that own every major news organization and network in the United States and throughout the planet. Six corporations, okay? Mainly in the United States, let's just say. Maybe in the West, we could say. Uh, But the point is that... That media that Trump rails against is all in the tank for this new world order, ladies and gentlemen. That's what Trump means. They are a part of this secret society. They consider themselves to be a part of this elite. This is why they were cheering Obama. Okay, they weren't reporting. They were cheerleading all throughout Obama's regime. And all of a sudden Trump takes the helm. He is against globalism. And that means he is against these secret societies. And you've seen he has arrested, although uh, you can't see it in the media very, very easily. But he began arresting all these pedophiles, and then this uh, this wave has suddenly opened up. And there are no accidents, are there, Lee? Isn't it possible, nope. or isn't it? Isn't it true, or isn't it a condition that what Trump has started with this massive? Conspiracy of pedophiles is the most wicked thing you could ever do to a child, the most wicked thing you could ever do okay and it has taken place within islam it is it is rife throughout Islam all over the planet it is rife throughout the Catholic Church this is why. Uh, the only thing that saved the Catholic Church was 9-11 because this story was breaking at about the exact same time as 9-11 took place. And that brings up another question, Lee. Are they connected? It's I don't all know. rampant
7: through the Middle East. <laughs> it's everywhere. all
1: rampant through. And, it, you know, they had the, the big scandal in and, and Great Britain. Folks, and then and once again, it's not just the sexual side of it, but what they are doing is they are twisting these youth. They are twisting them up and if they're not killing them and drinking their blood, because they do that too, that is part of their ritual, especially the infants because it tends to keep them young somehow. Lee's explained this before and it is true. I've checked it. I mean, it is uh, a number of experts on this uh, Illuminati stuff will tell you that this is the most wicked, I mean, it's like one of the worst horror movies you could ever imagine and this is what these people are doing. Uh but it, it also uh it, it, it Lee it has a psychological effect on these children and they turn to it uh when they mature, don't they? Well if they uh, many of them not yeah, it,
7: of, it's called the it's called the abused child syndrome as well as the everybody has probably heard of the Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. Where you where you go back to your captors in a hostage situation and it and you know once, and, once well, and it only takes as little as two hours, two hours for some people to go into what's called the Stockholm syndrome. They identify with their captors, and the rest of culture be damned. Yeah. You know they're they're all about living. They psychologically break. I guess is the only way I can say it. I, I don't. Think of a better word. They break, and they totally identify with their captor. They look to them for everything then, and they've had this situation with, you know, dozens of people out of a hostage situation going back for years and testifying on the behalf of the the hostage takers. They fight and fight and fight for years for their captors. And in, in any any uh, court proceeding, they just they're well, totally. they programmed.
1: They're programmed pro-
7: that way. You know,
1: they're totally. Yeah, they only identify them. Yeah, let me okay. Let me take it a step further. If you were a child, or perhaps you were in in a family where, let's say, the dad abuses his wife, and you know, generally they also abuse children when they do that, and vice versa. Uh, I'm not talking about whippings or spankings. I'm talking about abuse, just like beating the crap out of them. Uh, then you see that child will grow up, and he will emulate that somehow. The Bible puts it as the the sins of the fathers being revisited upon the sons and daughters. It's one way to put it. But uh, it, it is true that it, it creates a psychological stamp, and in many cases... They will in turn reenact that out, won't they, Lee? It's just part of the psychology of of being.
7: Yeah, and I mentally there's a abused. two-fold thing to that. There is a there is a demonic presence. Number yeah. one, in almost every, almost a hundred percent of the situations, there is a demonic presence that is behind it. It causes substance abuse. It causes psychological problems. There's something demonic behind it. But as I've told you, I came out of a situation like that. And I had to discipline myself. At one point, I caught that demonic presence. And I caught that demonic presence trying to influence me to do the same thing to my child... It was done to me. I got mad and I threw my son down in his bed one time and started, I, I raised my hand to hit him like my dad had hit me. And I stopped myself. It, I physically had to stop myself. And I could feel the presence like jerk away. And it was totally, it was an insane fury in the room and i right. said i'll be damned if you will and i i forced myself to walk out of that room and i sat there and i said god my dad may have but i will not and that was the last time that that ever happened in my life and that was my first shot with my first my oldest child and he was about 4 or five years old then and that and maybe a little older, maybe six or seven, but I caught that thing, but doing it and yeah the, right. the why it comes down the generations is because if you don't draw a line and stop it if you don't if you're not educated or don't catch it or whatever you want to call it, that same pattern of behavior repeats itself. Then it's ingrained in the child. Then that spirit can move right on down the generations, right on down yeah. the generations. And you've heard me it's talk about my dad's church and yeah. their situations too. It's yeah. it's I don't, I don't. a demonic line trying to build itself so, and exactly. trying to come so, right on down.
1: Right, and and that's the point of, within all of this, and that's the point that I'm making. And this is what you see happening. It, it, it's a planetary thing, okay? I mean, this is a, obviously a very powerful demon that has legions, okay? And uh, so anyway, and, and you know, this goes all the way back to the start of the show when I was talking about the, you know, that what happens in this world is mirrored uh, in, in the other realm, that, that, uh, that multiverse over from us where all of the bad things are in essence, okay? And then you've got the other multiverse where all the good things are, and each of these multiverses interact and mirror one another. So as I said, whatever's going on in here, there's you know, the, the, it is being it is influencing events in the other realm and vice versa. So this is uh, I can only imagine may, what may be happening in that realm, Lee Daniel. I'll just tell you. But I mean, I, this is I don't, you may have missed that first part of the show, obviously. But uh, this is one of the things I was saying. Well, I would only. I'm so curious to know exactly how these things that are happening here are exhibiting in those realms, or or maybe what's happening in those realms is is being exhibited here. They are always
7: after an effect. They are always after an effect, and they're building to it. They're always ahead of us. They're always working on a cause. They're always working on a, a means to an end. They're always ahead of us trying to motivate and trying to maneuver and steer people to a pre, a pre predetermined end, right? And that's their whole so, game.
1: But but it also says that you know nothing. Ha- I mean the the influence is throughout, and, and you know it's either you know what's happening here is influencing what's happening there, and what's happening there is influencing what's happening here.
7: Exactly. So, exactly. So, and people don't want to. They don't want to accept that.
1: No, they don't. But it's it's real. And you, you begin reality. to start speak. you start seeing the patterns developing, and then you start and the deeper and deeper you go, the more it looks back at you. It's just a matter, of, you know, it notices you, uh, you know. So it's like in the movie The Mothman when he asks, "Well, you know, why me?" And uh, the the professor looks at his name is Richard Gear, by the way. He looks at, at Gear and he says, uh, "Well, it's it's, it's because." You noticed it, and it noticed you noticing it. Okay, and that is mm-hmm. a very good way. Exactly. Of <laughs> I
7: mean, it's,
1: it's creepy. And well. I can
7: tell you from experience, they don't like it.
1: No, they don't. And they, uh, and I guess that's sort of where we are now. Let's. I wanted you to hear now what this is a progressives' reaction, uh, and and you'll notice in Kennedy's secret society speech he makes the point very clear that the whole point of this is to achieve a vast security state and he says you don't want to do that you're going to give up your liberty and what what if the reason You know, all of their reasons are generally rooted in something political some sort of political end I can tell you this and I don't know where that what diabolical thing comes up with some of this stuff I can just tell you but what if the whole point of multiculturalism is to let these people in, let, let these people that cannot assimilate in, as Sean was referring to, and so they have to increase the security state, and then eventually you're going to end up with a blasted police state, folks. We are almost there, and this is a, even Sean Hannity, Mister Conservative. A conservative goes, "Well, we're going to. How do we thread that needle to make this stop happening? You don't need to thread that needle, Sean." You don't need to. What you need to do is shut the blasted door. Don't let them in. That's how you control this. And then now you've got some once you once you shut all that down, close the borders down. You and you're not shutting out immigration, you're just controlling immigration. Okay? And see, this is the other thing. That's what the left. Oh, it's immigration. No, it's not legal immigration. It's the illegal kind. It's the letting these insane goat men in here, and they're going to come in here and act like blasted goats. They don't care. They'll eat. They'll eat or kill anything. Well, the the goat won't kill anything, but these people will. So I call them goat men because they all grow these long, scraggly-looking, ugly beards. So uh, and they look like goats. Ever smelled a goat? A buck? Oh, my gosh. So anyway, here is the progressive's answer. Uh, And and this is why I've always, I sort of admire Geraldo on the one hand, but on the other, he is such a flaming idiot when it comes to common sense in so many cases. This is what he had to say. Check this out.
5: One thing. Deputy Commissioner John Miller, one of the last people to interview Osama bin Laden, uh, he has started a program whereby the NYPD is contacting all the businesses in the New York area that sell products like trucks, rent trucks uh, like this, and they're trying to give these proprietors Roadmaps to know when there is someone with evil intent, rap, uh, you know, doing something with uh, with their product. Uh, they've got to stop them from renting these trucks. They've got to put those barricades in the middle of the bicycle path. We've got to, got to monitor social
2: media with a, a vigilance. We have the capability. Uh, Geraldo, stay there. This book, interestingly enough, that I'm holding, Fatwa, hunted in America. This is out tomorrow. Fatwa hunted in America, Pam Geller. Well, we've been following this. You've been telling everybody that will listen about this evil, sick ideology. It is what Geraldo and Dr. Gork are talking about, the use of the Internet talk about.
0: Well, listen, this is why I wrote the book, because the American people are being disarmed in the war of ideas. They're being disarmed in the information battle space. Initially, New York authorities and Mayor de Blasio denied that it was jihad terror, and this follows a pattern in the West. They deny that jihad terror is jihad terror, and even when it's obviously jihad terror, they still continue to deny it. The problem is not trucks and rental companies. The problem is not guns, and it's not knives. The problem is the ideology, and there are no lone wolves in the global jihad. They're all soldiers. And what is the Internet but a means of communication? The problem is the jihadist doctrine. He was yelling, al Akbar. That was Muhammad's jihadist war cry. His last name...
2: By the way, if you were watching CNN, it was uh, a little different. He was witness. Suspect was yelling, God is great. In Arabic. Like, oh, yeah. a, a And his last
0: name was Seifullah, which means sort of Allah. And I'm sure when he was vetted by immigration authorities, they knew that this man was moderate, and they knew that his name meant that. The fact is, Muslim immigration means more Islamic terrorism. It's just that simple. President Trump has mm-hmm. tried to impose national security restrictions, and again, the leftist Islamic alliance has, has opposed the, it. So all they want to do is vet. Let's vet them. Dr. Gorkar? hear you. Yeah,
6: so what what, um, was just said is incredibly important. Um, I've worked with the NYPD, I've worked with the pavement pounders in the bureau. It's full of patriots. But when the commissioner of the NYPD refuses to say what it was that this attacker shouted at the press conference, what is he saying about americans is he saying we're too stupid to understand or is he continuing the political correctness when governor cuomo within minutes minutes of the attack mm-hmm. says there is no broader broader conspiracy this is a lone attacker governor there is no way on god's earth you, you guys can raise know a great that point within minutes of an attack yeah for all the less work. there's no way you can know that Real So. Point. Well, I think that that is a defeatist notion. The NYPD has the best surveillance, uh, in,
0: in, I think, in the in the Western world on various Muslims and Muslim groups. It was dismantled, uh, Mariel, it was dismantled by CARE and by Mayor de Blasio. That's, that's was not Islam. true. In, they are in, still, in the very, they they are still very active. There's 25,000 Muslim. Muslims been in... Last week, a jury convicted a, a Muslim jihadi in a plot to behead me, an ISIS-inspired attack. There have been numerous this is, attacks this is on the, my life by ISIS-inspired...
5: This terrorist attack is the first time since 9-11 that they've, they, they've gotten anything like this kind of cas first success. We are taking prudent action. When you guys talk about uh, Muslims as being the devil, you overlook the fact that we have a substantial Who said 4%, that? 4%, Who said 4% said that? Why do I have to
0: pat on the back every Muslim that doesn't Pam, want to kill me? I said that. We're not talking about all Muslims. We're talking about, about jihadists. Stop conflating yeah. them together. Stop broad-brushing Stop. Muslims,
5: yeah. all Muslims, all jihadists. 4 our population is Muslim-American. You're not going to stop someone from from self-starting themselves on this ideology. What you have to do now is good police work, good surveillance, pass those sections of the Patriot Act that have
1: lapsed. And stop them from renting trucks. Make renting a truck a regulatory nightmare. This is a kind of idiocy. Geller gets it right. Of course, Gorka gets it right. And I the typical progressive. He just said we gotta have a security state. We gotta you know, it's just it's more madness. And this is exactly what they want you to say. We gotta start screaming for more security. That is exactly what the deep state wants you to say, isn't it, Lee?
7: Pretty much. They there's a difference though, that, that the situation that you're really talking about already exists and it has since the late 70s to around 80. They have had that system in place to monitor the behavior, monitor every communication and monitor basically, basically they could tell when my blood pressure goes up if they wanted to.
1: Yeah, but not they can like act- the, the the technology, I- the microchipping, I mean not. It's
7: already uh, the te- there and it's already being used. It's just that other people want access to it and they can't get it. They're screaming to have access to it so they can use it further regulate people.
1: Okay. So yeah, let's say what technology
7: is already there.
1: Oh yeah, I think it's there but the- but they're trying to set up a security state. Those ears are – the the, the entire Obama a, regime a, is so,
7: A new level. That's right. A yeah, new level. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, just a complete control level. And when you get complete control level, uh, that's for complete control, ladies and gentlemen. It's just very simple. So uh, – and then – We've got, you know, did you know that the nearly a quarter of undocumented immigrants, illegal immigrants, I should say, I'm sorry, have a mental disorder, a study finds. So, you know, uh, isn't that fascinating? Uh, yeah, they're giving us their best, I'm sure. Undocumented, in this case Mexican immigrants living near the california Mexican border, experienced right. decreased rates of clinical depression, increased rates of clinical depression and anxiety, a new study finds. Researchers at Rice University examined the incidence of mental illness and substance abuse among 250 of them within this population, finding that almost a quarter met the criteria for having a mental disorder. Fourteen percent of the study's participants were found to have major depressive disorder, while eight and seven had panic or generalized anxieties, and that could cause you to do all kinds of nutty things. Some were determined to have suffered from multiple conditions concurrently because they live within a demonic nation, basically. The estimates obtained in this study, remember when that, uh, that uh, what is it, cardinal or bishop actually tried to exorcise the entire nation of Mexico from the demons? It got it's so bad down there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you said he painted a target on himself, but, you know, it is bad. I mean, it's horrible. I mean, all these people, I mean, hanging from bridges. I don't know who the hell would go down there now on vacation. I mean, not me. But it says here that the estimates obtained in the study for depression and anxiety disorders were considerably higher in this population when compared with estimates for the general U.S. population. Namely, one major study shows that 7% of Americans suffer from uh, some sort of mental disorder, while 3% suffer from a panic or anxiety-related disorder. These findings come... Excuse me. Hang on just a second. got to sneeze. There. Thank you. This finding defies existing stereotypes that contribute to stigmatization of and discrimination against uh, Mexican immigrants living in the U.S. without documentation as a population with high prevalence of substance use. These individuals are unlikely uh, to engage in substance use because it increases their risk for deportation and it interferes with their productivity. They believe uh, that the that this uh, study uh, included the stigmatization of language barrier, fear of deportation. Well, why come here? If you're fearing deportation, don't come. Family separation, again, don't come. And discrimination, well, yeah, just watch what they do to white Americans who come down there and try to be illegal. Uh, they are, these things are all culprits, they say, for the deteriorated mental health of many migrants. But what if it's something else altogether, Lee? That's the big question, isn't it?
7: Yeah, and, you know, the idea first came up with Castro. Remember, he, sent all of his, he said, I'll lose... All the mental hospitals, and I'll send them all to Florida. Yeah, exactly. I'll open every one of them up and send them there. And what
1: if Mexico is doing that to us? Yeah, I mean, m- most people. Oh, sure goes, they are. Oh, of course sure they are. i they are. They're letting their jail. They're, they're not. They're not. A, they're not jailing a lot of these people. They're just sending them to the border. We know this. It's not. Exactly. I mean, this isn't rocket science. I mean, they're just. They're. They're. I mean, they're just. Do you see them sending their
7: hottest girls here? No. No. I mean, do you see them sending their award-winning scientists here? No. They aren't sending anything but the but the the garbage. So I'm sorry yeah. to say that. And I'm I know I said just said a horrible thing and all that.
1: But there's well, some of them are good. I mean some of them here. Some of them are okay, but they're still breaking the law. They're still just saying kind of like "F you" to Americans and our laws, okay?
7: Yeah.
1: And, and here,
7: take this. You, you're yeah. so smart. You can deal with this.
1: And then, then you wonder. I mean, twenty-five, almost a third of the prison population are made up of illegal immigrant, or I'm sorry, uh, illegal aliens. Okay. So, um, yeah.
7: They already have a behavior or an addiction problem, and they're they have spent their whole life in a culture that just abides all that. So yeah. you know. Obviously, it's going to take a while to reprogram their behavior, yep, and, in and they meantime, breed like rabbits. they're raised in hell.
1: Yeah, and they breed like rabbits. Uh, I guess that's the other side of it. So now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, segue out of that, because we do have to hit this Trump thing over this stupid diversity visa program. This is over at Infowars. Now, today, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is engaged in aid, was engaged in a back and forth with President Trump. I don't know if they still are, and this is following the latter pointing out that the terrorist who killed eight people in New York City, that would be Trump, was able to enter the country via Schumer's co-sponsored diversity visa lottery program. Wow, how cool is that? Isn't that wonderful? Trump fired off a series of tweets this morning, noting that he is opposed to the scheme and wishes to see it scrapped. He said this in his tweet, the terrorists came into our country through what is called the diversity visa lottery program, and this is a Chuck Schumer beauty. I want merit-based, he says. Then he tweets again, we are fighting hard for merit-based immigration. No more Democrat lottery systems. We get, we must get tougher and smarter. And then he, he, he hits another tweet just a few minutes later. Uh, he says, um, let's see, yeah, 10 minutes later, Senator Chuck Schumer helping to import Europe's problems. Said Colonel Tony Schaefer, we will style up Tony Schaefer. He's Lieutenant Colonel that's frequently on Lou Dobbs show. He says, uh, we will stop this craziness. It is lunacy, folks. And then uh, about, uh, what, uh, about a couple hours later, he says this. Trump does. I've just ordered Homeland Security to step up our already extreme vetting program. Being politically correct is fine, but not for this. Schumer, not really, but, you know, Schumer was a co-sponsor of the immigration scheme all the way back to 1990. It was, of course, signed into law by then-President George H.W. Globalist Bush. And angry Schumer hit back at Trump, accusing him of politicizing the attack. He said this, I guess it's not too soon to politicize a tragedy, like they don't do that every single freaking time. And then Kyle Griffin uh, weighs in. He says, Schumer says that Trump is politicizing and dividing America in the wake of the New York City attack. I don't know who Kyle Griffin is. Anyway, Schumer then took to the House floor and doubled down on his earlier smackdown. President Bush, in a moment of national tragedy, understood the meaning of his high office. And see, now Bush, who they lambasted as the dumbest... MF ever, okay, just a completely evacuous idiot clown is what they call Bush, which I don't disagree with him that much at this point. But anyway, that's beside the point. He then invoked the 9-11 attacks, because, by the way, Schumer is a far worse globalist clown. Anyway, he says he then invoked the 9-11 attacks, stating, President Trump, where is your leadership? The contrast between Bush's actions after 9-11 and President Trump's actions this morning could not be starker. I did, I disagree. Okay, but anyway, the internet noted that Schumer is no stranger to immediately politicizing such incidents uh Pratheep shanker m d he is acting just like you and Democrats, and he says Schumer politicized Las Vegas in less than twenty four hours. Never forget. And Chuck Schumer did. He said, We must respond to Las Vegas shootings by taking all of your weapons. Alex Griswold said this. Schumer took to the Senate floor and blamed the Republicans and the NRA for Las Vegas. Schumer didn't just politicize Las Vegas. He gave us floor speech explaining why it was a good thing to politicize it. Uh, Stephen Miller weighs in. No, no see only. We are allowed to politicize tragedies to push policy changes we want in the aftermath. Sorry it doesn't work that way. Jeb Boz, your rules, the enemy sets the boundaries of acceptable warfare. So everybody was jumping in, okay? Uh, and Schumer, uh, you know, he, he, he sort of, that was an idiotic thing. He did politicize the Las Vegas shooting, and then we turned it around on him because the reason they're covering all that stuff up, the reason you haven't heard anything, folks, is because we know that he was an Antifa uh, uh thug, okay, and he had ISIS literature, anti-fi literature, he was a counter-cultural pinhead, and they don't want to let that out. We've already been, we, one of the first reactors or responders uh, on the uh, hostage rescue team that took this guy out said all of this stuff was laying all over the floors. He had all of this anti-fi, ISIS stuff everywhere. And, uh, at, you know, I don't know, if it, you know, exactly, was that a setup? Who knows? But the thing is, is they didn't report it. Now, as a result of all this, the killer is laughing. Terrorist Safely Sepov celebrated his deadly Manhattan truck attack while at hospital. He feels accomplished. The terrorist truck driver, who carried a, carved a 14-block path of death and mayhem along a lower Manhattan bike path, was celebrating the deadly attack, sources said Wednesday. Sapov was rejoicing in his room after killing eight people. I would have just, you know, come on, just take him out. He's talking. He's laughing. He's very happy with what he did, said a source. He feels accomplished. A second source says Saipov, in his interviews with investigators, the goat man, showed no remorse and was glad that he did. He was joyous. I heard one CNN commentator today say, oh, he was such a nice guy. He was just a really cool Uber driver. So they're they're already trying to, you know, make him whatever, uh, sort of rephrase what this goat man is. The ISIS-inspired Sapov was said to be in critical but stable condition, and he's celebrating. uh, After a cop put a bullet in his abdomen following the Halloween attack, he planned for the attack for a number of weeks. He seemed to follow almost to a T the instructions ISIS had put out on how to carry out a truck-borne attack. So, uh, and then he's walking around with a paint gun and all this stuff. Uh, and uh, anyway, so so there's your story. But the, the, here's the the clincher. Here's the clincher. Okay, here's the clincher. The feds interviewed him in 2015, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that's from C, uh, ABC News. Uh, Sifilov Sy, Sy, Sipov, who was charged with killing eight people uh, on Tuesday, was interviewed in 2015 by Fed agents about possible ties to suspected terrorists but a case was never opened against them. how many times has this happened they they did this with the Sarnoff brothers. Uh, I uh I don't know was this I don't know if they did it with Sacram I mean but it's it's almost every time. What the hell is going on here?
7: If you can understand the logic here, remember that people who are not quote redeemed unquote are still Basically, you know, subject to Lucifer, right? Subject to the demon community. So you Talk about Allah again, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Any of them? I mean, the Pakistani. And look where you know, look at the where the people are coming from. Right. But also, you know, the the FBI or whatever agency probably got it right. And you know, it's almost like. They're picking out candidates. They're picking out candidates for the devil to come along, pick up, and do rotten things with because, number one, they're psychologically profiled correctly in the fact that they are inclined to that behavior. Right. And the FBI is saying, here, we have proof and we have information that they are inclined to it. Then... All Hallows' Eve comes along, and some demon provokes him, picks him up and says, let's go do it, and he does it. So there you are. And that is a real explanation to that.
1: Yeah, apparently two men who were listed in the Department of Homeland Security counterterrorism database who had overstayed their tourist visas also, a federal official told ABC News, uh, so they were flagged, and he was a friend of these suspected terrorists. So, so there you go, folks, right there. I mean, you know, birds of a feather And they
7: build them together, up to it.
1: And goats of a fur also flock together or with each other. I don't know. Could I find a rhyme very quickly? Anyway, so Saipov, he was originally from Tashkent, the capital city of Uzbekistan. And for those of you wondering how many nations end with the uh, stand, you've got uh, about seven. Pakistan, Uzbekistan, I mean, there's quite a few of them. Don't forget uh, Michiganistan, okay? So anyway, a former neighbor of Saipov's in Tashkent, who did not want to be identified, told ABC News today that she remembered him as a modest and secular and described Saipov as a normal young man. He was normal. He was modern. He was wearing tight pants, she said. No scarves. I mean, his scarf. They will Anyway, they did not go to the mosque. Yeah, I'm sure she knew all of his movements, ladies and gentlemen. There's no doubt about that. So, um, yeah. So anyway, he, he 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 entered the U.S. through the diversity program lottery in 2010, and that making him a that made him a legal permanent resident of the United States. Upon now, see, upon arrival, now what they were reporting yesterday was that he was a green card guy. Okay. But what I reported was that he was a uh, an immigrant or you know uh, a, an intruder, and I got that right by the way. So the entire media got it wrong. I got it right. How hey, you love that? I knew it. So he, this guy, has lived in Ohio, Florida, and most recently in Paterson, New Jersey, with his wife Nozema and three children, who were escorted from the residence by the FBI. So. Uh, So, yeah, there you go. There's a few more jihadists that he was training. The Terry group has not claimed responsibility for the attack, uh, although he makes it very clear that he was a member of ISIS, and he was even following their game. What are you doing? Are you packing up and getting ready to go on vacation, Lee? What's what's going on there, man?
7: No. No? Okay.
1: I'm just checking, because there's a a lot of racket going on. I think your cell phone is much more sensitive than you realize. So, as a result of all this, Trump has ordered more extreme vetting, and uh,
3: the oh, I just CIA, moved my papers.
1: Okay. CIA releases a massive cache of Osama bin Laden docs. That should be interesting uh, if you want to go through them all. Uh, and then today a taxi smashed into a London crowd. Now, they're claiming it wasn't terrorist-related, but that's what they always say at first, right, Lee? And then, you know, we have this. And this is one of the things that I really wanted to hit tonight in this uh what, moving into the uh third hour of the show, I suppose. Now, this is the mystery this, this 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 thing that was unveiled and I'm sure Lee Daniel has got a lot to say about this. So I tell you what, because we need we need to give our voices just a little bit of a break. So <clears throat> when we get back, we're gonna go into this J F K file exposing a false flag attack planned by the CIA Approved by the U.S. military, and hopefully uh, Lee will be all packed up by the time we get back. It was labeled Operation Mongoose, where covert U.S. agents, covert, remember what Kennedy said, would conduct terrorist attacks on Miami and D.C. We got the story. I wrote this up, man. This is a real. It didn't really happened, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we're going to hit that uh, right when we get back, and I'm going to be. It's going to be fascinating to hear what Lee Daniel has to say about that. So uh,
10: hang in there with us. Hello, welcome to Obama Golf. My name is Trina. How can I help you?
4: Yes, hi. I received an email from Golfsmith stating that my Pro V1 golf ball order had been canceled and I should go to your exchange to reorder it. So I tried the website, but it doesn't seem to be working, so I'm calling the 800 number.
10: Yes, I'm sorry about the website. It should be fixed by the end of 2014, but I can help you.
4: Thanks. I ordered some Pro V1 golf balls.
10: Sir, Pro V1s do not meet our minimum standards. I will be happy to provide you with a choice of Pinnacle, Top Flight, or Callaway Blue.
4: But I've played Pro V1 for years. The
10: government has determined that Pro V1s are no longer acceptable, so we have instructed Titleist to stop making them top flights are better, sir. I am sure you will love them. But
4: I like the Pro-V-1. Wait, why are top flights better? That
10: is all spelled out in the 2700-page Affordable Golf Ball Act, passed by Congress.
4: Well, how much are these top flights?
10: It depends, sir. Do you want our bronze, silver, gold, or platinum package?
4: Uh, what's the difference?
10: 12, 24, 36, or 48 balls.
4: Well, the silver package may be okay. How much is it?
10: It depends, sir. What is your monthly income?
4: What does that have to do with anything?
10: I need that to determine your government golf ball subsidy. Then I can determine how much your out-of-pocket cost will be. But if your income is below the poverty level, you might qualify for a subsidy. In that case, I can refer you to our ball aid department.
4: Ball aid?
10: Yes. Golf balls are a right. Everyone has a right to golf balls. So if you can't afford them, then the government will supply them free of charge.
4: Who said they were a right?
10: Congress passed it. The president signed it, and the Supreme Court found it constitutional. Whoa,
4: whoa, wait. I don't remember seeing anything in the Constitution regarding golf balls as a right.
10: There's no explicit mention of golf balls in the Constitution, but President Obama is a former constitutional scholar. And he believes it would have been included if the Constitution had not been drafted by a bunch of slave-owning white men. The Democrats in the Congress and the Supreme Court agree with the president that golf balls are now a right guaranteed by the Constitution. I don't
9: believe this. It's
10: the law of the land, sir. Now we anticipated most people would go for the silver package. So what is your monthly income, sir?
4: Forget it. I'll just forego the balls this year.
10: In that case, sir, I will still need your monthly income. Why? To determine what your non-participation cost would be. What?
4: Wait, you can't charge me for not buying golf balls.
10: It's the law of the land, sir. (laughs) Approved by the Supreme Court. It's forty nine fifty or one percent of your monthly income. Oh,
4: this is ridiculous. Okay, I'll pay the forty nine fifty.
10: Sir, it is the forty nine fifty or one percent of your monthly income, whichever is greater. Are you kidding me?
4: What a rip off.
10: Actually, sir, it's a good deal. Next year, it will be 2%. Uh,
4: Look, I'm going to call my congressman and find out what's going on here. This is ridiculous. I'm not going to pay it.
10: Sorry to hear that, sir. That's why I had the NSA track this call and obtain the make and model of the cell phone you're using. Why
4: does the NSA need to know what kind of cell phone I'm using?
10: So they can get your GPS coordinates, sir. The hell is that? That would be the IRS, sir. Thanks for calling Obama Golf. Have Have a a nice day. day. And God bless the land of the free and the home of the brave.
4: Have questions about business insurance? Simply log on to www.carolinaindustrial.com.
2: We make it our business to get to know yours. Running a business is a full time job, so is protecting it. Auto Owners Insurance protects thousands of businesses just like yours. We'll assess your needs and eliminate your insurance problems. So you can devote more time to what you do best, managing your business. See us for no problem business protection
4: through Auto Owners Insurance. Auto
3: Owners, no problem people.
4: Call Carolina Industrial and Matthews, insuring businesses statewide for over 21 years. 704-845-2456. 704-845-2456. Auto Owners,
3: no problem people.
2: The following program
3: is
1: closed captioned for the thinking impaired. to the hardcore stuff there was just a couple of more things and one of the first one i wanted you to hear this exchange between ed henry and shannon broom about this special counsel and uh Mueller and this uh papadopoulos arrest this is very key in all of this you've got to hear it let me make sure my sound is yeah it looks good here i think we're okay now check this out
11: Scoffing at a new Washington Post report, quoting anonymous officials as saying about these developments, quote, the walls are closing in. Everyone is freaking out. Not so, according to several Trump advisors, including one I just spoke to, his lawyer, Ty Cobb, inside the White House, who said of this Washington Post report, quote, this is farcical. A, where are the walls? B, the president is focused on preparing for serious diplomatic activities facing him over the next two weeks in Asia. So they are are shooting this down, saying it's nonsense. Uh, And they're going back and looking and saying that these indictments involve funneling $75 million through shell companies while Manafort and his associate were working for a pro-Russian political party in Ukraine many years before the 2016 election. As legal expert Andrew McCarthy wrote today in the Conservative National Review, the Paul Manafort indictment is much ado about nothing except as a vehicle to squeeze Manafort, which is special counsel Robert Mueller's objective. One of the president's lawyers, I mentioned Ty Cobb, says the White House is not worried at all about Mueller squeezing either Manafort or potentially down the road former National Security Advisor General Michael Flynn. Cobb suggesting they can't flip on the president because they have nothing to give prosecutors. In fact, Cobb told the New York Times over the weekend, quote, the president has no concerns in terms of any impact as to what happens to them on his campaign or on the White House. So that's the bottom line, Shannon, tonight, which is that they feel that when you look at these indictments, it's not about the president. Of course it could lead to him down the road, but they are confident that it will not.
0: There's still so many questions because when we look at that um, plea agreement that deals with George Papadopoulos and there are, it, it raises a lot of questions there and why we're getting it today, because people can point to these two indictments of Manafort and Gates and say, There's no Russian collusion in there. And yet, on the same day, we get information about that uh, separate case. This is an
11: ex-Trump campaign foreign policy advisor pled guilty to lying to the FBI about a conversation he had in April 2016 with a professor in London who was close to the Russian government, who claimed he had dirt on Hillary Clinton. Now, Sarah Sanders tried to downplay his role today, but you can see him with candidate Trump in this photo from the campaign. And during a Washington Post editorial board meeting, the future president praised Papadopoulos. But his story is not really that new. did some digging and look back. Back on August 14th of this year, the Washington Post reported that campaign emails showed Papadopoulos offered to set up, quote, a meeting between us, the Trump campaign, and the Russian leadership to discuss U.S.-Russia ties under President Trump. And they added, among those to express concern about the effort was then campaign chairman Paul Manafort, who rejected in May 2016 a proposal from Papadopoulos, For Trump to do so, meaning for the candidate himself to go meet with Putin or other Russian officials. So the point is, yes, he pled guilty. He lied to the FBI. He clearly shouldn't have done that. It's a big mystery why, if there's no collusion, why did he lie to the FBI? But based on the Washington Post's own reporting in August, when Papadopoulos tried to get these meetings, he was shot down at every turn, mm-hmm. including by Paul Manafort. So there's a big mystery tonight about why Papadopoulos lied to the FBI when these meetings he was trying to set up with the Russians that might show collusion didn't happen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, many more questions than answers today, but big thanks time. for summing it up for Good us. Luck. Good Good
1: to see you next. Okay, so in a nutshell, there you go. Now, Lee, when I listen to this before we move into the other stuff, I'm sitting here going, this is very strange. Um, why was this guy so hot? about setting up a meeting with the Trump campaign and the Russians. And my own personal conclusion, and why did he lie to the FBI? So my conclusion is, I don't know. I am just, you know, my gut tells me that there may be more to this Papadopoulos guy. I mean, what if he was an agent for the Democrats trying to foment the game plan that they had started all along? We know this going all the way back to the uranium 1 deal and the Trump dossier the entire plan was to divert attention from Hillary Clinton's collusion with the Russians and to put it on Trump and that has backfired in every way imaginable but doesn't it make sense to set up an agent that would you know would be accepted by the, as a volunteer okay a so-called foreign policy expert it's almost as if he was trying to get the Trump campaign to bite on that particular hook with a worm on it, try to get him to, you know, try to set this up. And the Trump campaign itself slapped it down. And so, but there, you know, I mean, isn't it possible that the Democrats being the, uh, they're shrewd and cunning, not very bright, being these types of individuals that they are, would try to try to make that happen.
7: It makes sense, doesn't it? It makes perfect sense, but I don't know that it's at the level of the Democrats. I think it's back one more level to Might the be. ones that were playing through the Democrats. The deep state.
1: The deep state. Yeah, You're absolutely right. Exactly. Yeah, That is a very, very good point. I tell you, now, I mean— And, that,
7: and why he's would... not the only one. If, if you look at the whole view, he's not the only one that's been involved in this, and I say Kissinger is. Oh, you know? that's
1: a very strong possibility, but they'll never get Kissinger, you know that. He is a he is a, a persona, a, you can't touch him, you know, you he cannot touch the evil. Long. <laughs> he's, he's the evil little gnome that cannot be got. But now then, there, folks, here's another thing, and this is one I found fascinating, and rather than me explaining it, I'm going to let you hear it directly from the source. I think Tucker Carlson is on to something. I think we might have been a little premature. Now, I don't know. Because I've heard all of the other conservative talking heads out there. And, oh, yeah, Mueller's a bad guy, and he's got to go. But, you know, it's starting to look different to me when I'm looking at these. You know, the the thing is, is Manafort was trying. I mean, the, the reason he went out of, after Manafort, uh, it's starting to look like Mueller is going after anybody that was. Because, remember, he went after Podesta Group. John Podesta, that is Hillary's campaign guy. His brother, Tony, or Anthony, started the Podesta Group. Now, this is a globalist Democrat organization, okay, and their entire reason for being is to pursue the New World Order globalist agenda, okay, as 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 far as the Democrats' view of this goes, all right, to be, you know, we are the world kind of a thing. So... It looks as if, now I don't know, but if he's going after Podesta, a lot of people think it's just a ruse. But I'm looking at this going, you know, it is possible. that It is possible. It's plausible. Now, it's a big question mark at this point. But if he goes after Podesta, and Podesta resigned, by the way. Tony Podesta, Podesta resigned from his own firm. Now, remember, these are the same guys with the... Uh, what's it called that pizza place up there uh, you know these these are the you know, the yeah, the the, the yeah pizza guy the the evil uh, child blood suckers okay and uh, but this is what he had to say tucker had a very interesting angle and he is all over this stuff and you Tucker's smart you got to listen to him so uh, here's what he had to say about this and it was very fascinating to me Instead, the indictment catalogs Manafort's efforts
2: to lobby on behalf of pro-Russia groups in Ukraine. The indictment goes into great detail on the relationship between Manafort and two mysterious groups described in the document as Company A and Company B. Those companies we can report tonight are Mercury LLC, that's led by former Republican Congressman Vin Weber, and the Podesta Group, founded by Tony Podesta and his brother John, whom you'll remember as Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman. None of this will come as a shock to viewers of this show. Last Tuesday, we told you that the Mueller investigation is no longer primarily a search for Russian collusion in the 2016 race. It is now a much far-reaching inquiry into corrupt lobbying practices across D.C., one that is very likely to ensnare figures close to Hillary Clinton accounts, Mueller's investigation is still framed as a hunt for collusion between Donald Trump's presidential campaign and the government of Russia. Our source says investigators are, in fact, very interested in Manafort's behavior while he ran the Trump campaign, but otherwise, that description is mostly bogus. The investigation has broadened now to determine which people and which organizations in Washington have spent years working secretly as de facto operatives on behalf of Russian government and business interests. The Podesta Group is chief among Among these, quote, they are more focused on facilitators of Russian influence in this country, says our source, than they are on election collusion. The Podesta group, he says, quote, is in their crosshairs. Well, that segment, which ran last week, provoked a snarling legal threat from Tony Podesta today designed to shut us up. That's not going to happen, obviously, but we'll tell you a lot more about it in just a minute. Last week, we explained how
1: Manafort, Paul Manafort, used... Okay, so very interesting angle. What he's saying is they're going to go after everybody that tried to, uh, from Russia, and perhaps even other nations who have tried to interfere via lobbying efforts into the U.S. Now, that could open up very wide, couldn't it, Lee?
7: Yeah, I mean, they don't know actually what they're talking about because I'm sure that there were hundreds of people from the Russian government trying to do hundreds of different things to influence the election, all the way right. from some importer trying to get a little bit of lobbying done, all the way to the despicable side with Putin himself. And I'm sure Putin is setting back playing everybody. He's not cleaning this by any means. He is playing oh, oh, the system. No, uh, uh, we so, you know, there are hundreds. And what is re- it's still bothering me, and what is really bothering me, is the fact that I have a horrible feeling that we're all being played with the media, with little... Uh, episodes. Unfortunately, like you just said about the CIA, people who are despicable enough to organize and engineer an event like yesterday's over and over and over and over, that's like 180 people killed and 700 people wounded in the United States already, or or in, in attacks, I'll say, in Western countries or, you know, democratic countries, maybe, I should say. Uh, The whole point being, there are people in government, there are people in other governments despicable enough to engineer this to keep the media full of things like this to where we can't see what's going on.
3: That's true. Yeah, that's
7: always yeah, and I really, really think if we could see what is going on behind the scenes, there might be an all-out revolt in the United States.
1: Yeah, and that's always, you know, we, we do have the November 4th coming up where Antifa, this, that's actually this week, where uh, they're supposed to have these huge marches and all this stuff and uh, uh, and try to do some nefarious things in various large cities. And they even have a listing of those cities uh, if you visit the Internet and find it. I mapped it out, um, uh, and I don't want to call off every city, but you can find those cities where Antifa is going to be holding. Now, whether or not they have a big show up is anybody's guess. But you can rest assured that, well, no, maybe you can't, that the police will be ready because they haven't been anywhere else it seems. So I don't know, but... That's what's, uh, this is where they're going to try to supposedly make their move. We'll see. But now I did want to, speaking in this same realm, this, Lee Daniel, this particular story uh, is like the cherry on top of everything that you and I have been discussing for four years now. And this is the mystery surrounding, well, it regards in part that, the Mandalay Bay attack and the fact that uh, the mysteries about that continue to deepen even as officials conducting the investigation have shut it down, Las Vegas Review issued an article. Uh, I think it's a Las Vegas Journal review, and, and basically they stated that the cops are no longer doing any sort of interviews because their timeline just doesn't work. I mean, and people are shooting holes in every one of those stories, and then we find out that the the uh, the guy's laptop in the hotel room. Uh, is missing now uh, now the the first story was that he was the whole plan was remember folks he was going to try to escape right you remember that they all said that oh he's going to try he was going to try to get the hell out of there kill a bunch of people and then get out no that wasn't realistic was it but uh, or was it did he have somebody helping him well that's another that's the other side of this but then we find out that his hard drive is missing from his laptop. Now, apparently this is the only computer that he had. Now, do you think that before he committed this act that he stopped and and had the presence of mind, knowing what he was getting ready to do, even though he was planning on fleeing uh, and getting away from there? That's what they have said. That's what the officials have said. Do you think that he stopped and took the hard drive out of his laptop somewhere in that timeline? I don't think so, personally. I mean, if, number one, if you're planning on dying, that's not what they said that he planned, but you know there's a good chance when you do this kind of thing, you're going to end up dead. There's just no you know no bones about it. Um, if that were the case, and if he did have all of this antifa and ISIS literature laying all around him, why in the hell would he take would he even bother at that point to get rid of the hard drive, and then well, number two, where in the hell could he have put it? It's got to be there somewhere, shouldn't it? What did he do with it? Did he dump it in the garbage? I mean, what? where is it at? And then who took it out? Um, I, you know, it looks to me, now, at first we thought, well, there was they, there was a robbery at his house, Lee. You and I talked about that. We're like, oh, yeah, that was a robbery. Oh, yeah, all right. And uh, you know what that looks like. Uh, they went in there to make sure there was no damning evidence. Uh, but then the, the 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 entire hard drive on his laptop, which he was supposedly would have taken with him if he fled, obviously you gotta. I mean, that's your lifeline. You gotta have some form of a computer with you if you're gonna try to make your getaway. I mean, you see it in the movies all the time, right? So uh, why in the hell would he remove his freaking? Why? It just to me it doesn't make any sense, Lee. So anyway, I mean, look. If he was, if he, we knew that, he, I mean, he wasn't trying to cover up the fact that he had rented that room. He knew that they were going to find out that it was him. So what would be the point of removing the hard drive at that point? What trail is he trying to cover up when he is going to be, They, he knows they're going to kill him or, you know, they're going to put him in a Supermax or something. But, you know, if he did leave his laptop, well, everybody would then automatically know that it was his laptop. And so it just, to me, it doesn't make any sense unless there was something on that hard drive that the officials, the FBI is in charge now of this investigation, didn't want you to see. That's what I'm thinking. And, you know, that's, I'm not the only one here, folks. So as, as the timeline is
7: possible.
1: Yeah. As the timeline but, as well but, as other, you go ahead quickly because we got to move through this stuff. We ain't got much time.
7: Think about the, Think about the fact while somebody's setting all this up they do that very thing. They pull the hard drive out of his computer to make everybody think about it and run down that road. You know? Yeah, that's possible, they're, but they're I don't, I don't really. They're I, extremely I, devious in this. Yeah, they are but I think they're extremely good at this.
1: It's more likely that they would know that we know that they're trying to eliminate his tracks, and they don't care. Right. That's the thing. They think we're just so stupid then we'll think, oh, he must have thrown it away. And how can we prove that he did
7: They depend so, on it.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, the, all of those former facts that they dispensed with were had to be altered all the way down. There were inconsistencies everywhere. Remember that the guy got shot, and they supposedly left the country to go to Mexico in a rental car just a few days after. I mean, I would think you would have to be a person of interest. They'd be saying, yeah, look, you need to stick around here. But he didn't. I mean, and he rented a car. How do you drive when you've been shot in the leg by a military weapon with a velocity that's three times that of a pistol? The bullet is three times the velocity. I mean, it doesn't just hit you; it shatters you. Okay. So I don't know. This is really, and they know that it was a military-grade weapon because they told us the bullet that hit him. So, I, I, you know, maybe it just was a flesh. I, uh, it was just a flesh wound. It was just a flesh wound. Anyway. The, the, these regular updates by the officials to cease simply due to the sheer magnitude of the errors that have been accumulating on what could only be considered an alarming basis. How could the thousands of officials that are apparently conducting the FBI and the Las Vegas police and God knows who else, ATF, thousands probably of them, it, it should have been a cut-and-dried investigation, I mean, like clockwork, um, Check out the Boston bombing. How that investigation went. How could it be this far off uh, from the official narrative? okay when in fact, it was a vast array of uh, of citizen journalists who are the ones who pointed out all of the problems and folks there were tons of them with their timeline and they had to change it because of that. so they had to change not only the official timeline but they also there were there were these hundreds of video recordings taken during the course of the massacre that were showing gunfire, and you could hear gunfire from other areas. Now, this new information has come to light, okay? Now, this is the key, detailing how a U.S. government agent, okay, agency back in the 60s, the CIA, actually planned to conduct a false flag attack on U.S. citizens in Miami and then blame the communist government of Cuba as a pretext to inflame U.S. civilian sentiment towards taking military action, in other words, to get the public behind you and invade uh, Cuba, right? That was the plan.
8: Right. They were
1: actually going, and the military approved of it. Now, this is straight from the JFK uh, files that the CIA, that Trump released, and they were supposed to release these in 1992, and each this succeeding president never did. Okay. And then the, the date came up again for Trump to look at it, and he said, I'm releasing him. And they, oh, there was crime. Oh, it was horrible. So the plan was called Operation Mongoose in this particular case. And it detailed how U.S. covert operatives could develop plans for a terror attack campaign in not only areas surrounding Miami, but also civilians in Washington, D.C. The operation would have also concluded directed attacks against Cuban refugees, including the sinking of a boatload of either actual Cubans or maybe U.S. actors pretending to be Cuban refugees. Ha <laughs> ha, man, doesn't that fit the narrative? The plan, the our narrative, not their narrative. The plan also detailed, get this, this sounds like the Boston bombing, the explosion of plastic bombs in carefully chosen spots, ostensibly in order to inflame a many, as many Americans as possible, towards the Hegelian solution of a military intervention in Cuba. Now, this document also indicated that the release of the prepared documents would be helpful in projecting the idea of an irresponsible government. I mean, that's what they were saying about Cuba, which, in the irony of all ironies, perfectly exemplifies how this release of America's shadow government-directed plans points to a deep inside government gone completely out of control, and that was in 1962. So what in the hell have they done since then? Well, we're seeing it right now. According to additional reports on the deep state's shadowy aims, even the Pentagon approved of the plans, folks. This is true. It was 1962, the same year that brought us the now infamous Operation Northwoods, which was a plan to kill American citizens, uh, in order to make war with Cuba and blame Cuba, and but I mean they've done this so many times; it's pathetic. Now, on April the 12th, 1962, uh... General Lansdale uh, of the Joint Chiefs forwarded to Maxwell Taylor an advanced copy of the Joint Chiefs' paper on pretexts, stating, "I am informed that the Joint Chiefs approve of this. They approved of a plan where they would covertly." Uh, pretend terrorist attacks on, a, on American cities, including Miami and D.C., and then pretend like it was Cuba that did it. Now, keep in mind that this is an admission that the Pentagon at the time was fully on board with killing Americans if it allowed them to wage war against Cuba. The document further outlined attempts in the lives of Cuban refugees in the U.S. to include the wounding in instances to be widely publicized which possibly points to yet another deep state plan referred to as Operation Mockingbird, in which the U.S. government posts, and probably still does, I I believe, hordes of agents acting as journalists throughout the media in order to to control the information being reported. And uh, this advanced copy, now this is straight from the document that was released, Um, it set forth nine pretexts, and these included we could develop a communist Cuban terror campaign in the Miami area and other Florida cities and even in Washington. The terror campaign could be pointed at Cuban refugees seeking haven in the U.S. We could sink a boatload of Cubans en route to Florida, real or simulated. We could foster attempts on lives of Cuban refugees in the U.S., even to the extent of wounding uh, in instances to be widely publicized exploding a few plastic bombs in carefully chosen spots, <laughs> the arrest of a Cuban agent and the release of prepared documents substantiating Cuba's involvement. Ah, fake documents, I suppose, also would be helpful in projecting the idea of an irresponsible government. Uh, that, that is a conspiracy theory. That is true, Lee. I mean, this is, we constantly, oh, that's yeah. a conspiracy That's theirs, okay? Uh, I have and, been you know,
7: yelling since I was a child and I've been I have known about this stuff I've heard about it since yeah. I was a child I heard about it from from my relatives I heard about it later from study I heard about it when I was working there and you know the reality is we are not living in, even in a country like we think we are. We're, oh, living no. in, we're living in an aquarium, so to speak, you know? And yeah. it, it's not even funny. We're living in a terrarium, whatever you want to call it, but there is a force outside or inside our own lo- uh, country that is managing and maneuvering us as a culture. Not as yeah. a not just as people, but a whole culture.
1: Yeah, trying and, to change everything. Trying to change the entire makeup. Now these are this is the global And as one.
7: a and, means to an end.
1: Yeah. Deep state globalists and remember the ultimate goal is to establish a one world government so that uh, Satan can uh, ascend his throne in essence, folks. It's always been the plan. Yeah, I mean, if you ever know want to know what the end game was, there it is, right there, so that the uh, you know the beast or whatever you want to call it uh, can ascend to the throne. But the, the whole point is that, that you have to have one government. If if you don't have something on on the basis of a one world government, it'll never work out for this being, this entity. So, and then you've got this in addition to that. It's also being reported. That Oswald was not the only suspect in the plot to kill Kennedy, but in fact, uh, the Dallas police may have also been culpable in the attack as evidenced by the death of Officer J.D. Tippett, who may have been an actual suspect in Kennedy's killing based on an FBI informant. Okay, wow. Well, that worked out. Uh, Oswald killed J.D. Tippett, supposedly. Uh, What are the odds? So, yeah, and then then everybody just gets killed, and, you know, uh, Kennedy was so apparently now, we're, I'm hearing now, I haven't seen it substantiated. But there is the report from a uh, the coroner or a surgeon that Kennedy was shot in the front. I haven't read that yet. I haven't seen that bit of proof, so I'm, you know, sort of reluctant to, but we all know, we saw the, the Zabruder film, and we saw what happened to his head. Okay, And your head does not get knocked backwards when you get hit by a bullet from behind. That sort of uh, just blows the hell out of every uh, uh, physics theory that ever existed. That's not the way it works. That's a powerful impact. That's a lot of horsepower hitting you. Okay? It's not going to cause the inverse reaction. Okay, Your head is not going to go towards the bullet. That's like being punched in your head being punched in the face and your face moving forward that's not the way physics works so anyway i'm laughing but it's sort of a, in a, a, a fatal way i guess one can only imagine some of the other plans laid out and accepted by the deep state folks that's the that's the sort of the conclusion we can draw and then we look at 911 and in conjunction with this the 911 uh you know it just fleshes it out just a little bit more wouldn't you say um I mean, I've I've been all over that, and uh, there are some major freaking problems, folks. You know about them, most of them. Truther, Truther, yeah, truth-er. yeah. yeah that, that's a CIA plant. truth to be called a Truther, yeah. which is anyway, um, they do these things to justify extraordinary measures to get you to, to go like a sheep, in and in, you know, herd you in the direction they want you to go in, so that you know they can do it constitutionally as they say. So uh this is yeah, this is real. And then um you know the the, the I've already told you about the, the the guard leaving. A lot of people don't know about that. Now by the way, Trump has picked Powell for the Fed, so Yellen's out. The stock market it'll be interesting to see what it does tomorrow. I'm thinking it'll probably drop. In that vein we uh we have consumer confidence soaring higher than ever home prices are reaching an all-time high the dollar is is gaining rapidly in its value the economy is beating all expectation another 3% growth quarter uh where is crazy and the, and the and as this is taking place the deep state and the democratic civil war is getting nastier and nastier and, and you actually had a uh, a paper talking about that Podesta is firing back. He's saying he's the victim of a big lie. As you heard, Tucker Carlson state uh, they were threatening Fox News. Okay, we're going to take me up, uh, but that well, that doesn't happen every day. And then uh, Zero Hedge has got this story about uh, uh, the Trump tweets calling on the Podesta brothers to drain the swamp by dishing whatever earth shattering dirt they have on the Democrats to a special counsel. Now it seems as though one of the embattled Podesta brothers which is John Podesta, is more than ready to engage in a Twitter war with the president after firing back that, I'm a victim of a big lie campaign by the American president. So, you know, and we know, we detailed in CR, what, almost a year ago now, where Podesta is sitting on, like, four different Russian company boards, right? Okay, yeah, I mean, really. Uh, Yeah, he was, Uh, and I, I can go get that, but we're running out of time. So he says he's a he's a victim of his law, a big lie campaign. That's what you know. That's kind of a page out of Hillary's playbook. Isn't it? like, oh, it's just a vast right wing conspiracy. And then you know that uh, Clinton was riding dirty uh, with Monica Lewinsky. Uh, now uh, Tony Podesta stepped down because he knows they're coming after him. Okay, he's trying to. I don't know what wait, what does that do when they're coming after the Podesta group, Lee, and the owner steps down. I mean, why even bother? I mean, what what does that do? I mean, it, does that help the Podesta group somehow? You know, I mean, what what does okay? Poor I want to China. step down. Take a, you know, what does that mean? I don't know. It I was thinking about It takes him out before. of
7: the it takes him out of the it takes him out of the play, and then everybody's going to go after him as a primary, and they feel like well, he basically takes the rap for it, and some and for a while it allows the Podesta group to regroup. You okay. know? Yeah. And he yeah. they the primary always tries to take the fall to us to some degree if he's faithful that while the group is regrouping itself.
1: And well, that makes sense but still I don't it's almost like, uh, okay, he's, he's like sacrificing himself, thinking now the Podesta Group's going to be safe, and it's not, at least as far as we know. This could, folks, this could, this could go any number of ways. And we did also have the news that thousands of New Yorkers took to the streets in an anti Trump march, and it was promoted, folks, by a Russia linked account again. Uh, now, this is out of BuzzFeed. Black Matters U.S., a social media campaign believed to be Russians meddling in U.S. politics, promoted the march in the days after the twenty sixteen. So the left is being manipulated heavily uh by the Russians. Uh <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. The archived events page shows the event was shared with sixty one thousand people, thirty three thousand were interested in the event, and uh sixteen thousand went and marked themselves as going. Divided is the reason we just fell, we must unite despite our differences to stop hate from and they are hate, folks. They are the hate. And uh, we we already know about all that. But anyway, that was a Russian deal. And then you've got the JFAKR. Now we've discussed this at length here, Lee Daniel, about the uh, the other story that we put up about the JFK archives revealing the CIA's mission to South America to confirm Hitler survived World War II. They got a photo of him from 1955. Hitler is sitting there, hair slightly longer, uh, you know, with the 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 signature uh, evil-looking mustache, and some Reichstag dude with him. Uh, The U.S. investigated whether Hitler was alive in South America as late as 1955. This is what the newly declassified by Trump CAA document revealed. The official file shows a former SS soldier, told spies that he regularly met with a Nazi leader in Colombia. And uh, Hitler, who would have been 66 at the time, worked as a shipping company employee before fleeing to Argentina. How many times have we heard that he indeed did flee to Argentina, Lee Daniel, and here it is, and there's a picture. Yeah. So what, what are we to take from this?
7: Well, I saw films and pictures of his hacienda in Argentina. I watched the interview with the housekeeper. They with the inter, they interviewed the housekeeper, and she said, yeah, he, he lived here. He, he died in his late 80s. He lived there the whole time. <laughs> People yeah. don't believe it. And, and well, in and fact, they, yes, it was.
1: They did say that, that, that supposedly the U.S. didn't go after him because – it had been seven years, and the statute of limitations had been. I don't think there is a statute of limitations for something like this, is there? I don't know. No. But uh, No. Uh, now, going back to sort of re-highlighting some of the things that have happened since last Wednesday night, now we've got Russian bombers who were headed for a U.S. carrier, uh, were, were intercepted by fighter jets near North Korea, so this game is still being played out. Corey Feldman is saying he's going to release every single evil name of the pedophiles. Uh, And remember, Corey Feldman uh, was one of the young, uh, you know, he's a child star, and they apparently fully advantaged him, used him like a little boy toy, all these guys did in Hollywood when he was coming up. Uh, He appeared on uh, the Today Show, where he vowed to name new names in Hollywood, uh, Lee, it's, there is once again. It's it's just like you said. This 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 fourth horseman has seemed to be riding, isn't he? I mean, uh, everybody's yeah. locked in and, and exposed, and they can't get out of their positions no matter what they do. They're locked in. They are being exposed, and it's it's crazy. It's bringing down Hollywood, <laughs> and it just keeps
7: in other in other places. Yeah, it's bringing down I mean, the Vatican. It's bringing down uh, parts of Tel Aviv. It's bringing down Hollywood, Washington.
3: Yeah, uh, you I mean, know it, it,
7: that is don't the adversary's kingdom, and I call them the adversary, Lucifer's kingdom. Predatory. They are predatory yeah. beasts. They don't have love as we understand love. Love to them is gratification. Mm-hmm. There is no real love. There is gratification, emotion and that's it. And they There feed is off of that. not huh?
1: They feed off of that. They feed.
7: Yeah, gratification is the only thing even close to real love like we understand it that they have basically, and yeah. you know, their gratification is the predatory experience of another uh, life form and it's just like have yeah. you, did you, if you had time to look at the email, they're finally getting some of the black oil facts out I saw that, yes I, Which, did. I saw that and you know that could have easily ended up in our vaccines for our children Oh And it is a programmable, sentient life, and you can communicate with it from the outside, tell it what to do on the inside, and it basically begins to take you over. And that is how wicked, I mean, how many years in laboratories and how many billion dollars does it take to develop this stuff? That's what people are missing. Our money is being spent on this diabolical, damnable, whole, whole mess.
1: Yeah, but they—they they yeah. actually genetically created the dragons, as they say. Uh, many people believe the dinosaurs back in the day. They just by fooling around with uh, genetics. uh yeah. this seems to be one of their hallmarks over there in the uh, uh, the multiverse, the other the other world over there. So, it always anyway, has been. Yeah, Lauer says, Why are you talking to me? Why aren't you talking to the police right now, to Corey Feldman? Feldman says, I told the police. In fact, and if anyone wants to go back in '93 when I was interviewed by the Santa Barbara Police Department, I sat there and gave them the names. They're on the record. They have all this information, but they were scanning Michael Jackson. All they cared about was trying to find something on Michael Jackson. Lauer says, Who you said, by the way, did not abuse you, Feldman. Uh, Who Michael was innocent. And that was what the interview was about with the police in '93. I told them he is not that guy. And they said, maybe you don't understand your friend. And I said, no, I know the difference between pedophiles and somebody that is not a pedophile because I've been molested, he said. Here's the names. Go investigate and let me push this forward. There are thousands of people in Hollywood that have the same information. Why is it all on me? Why is it if I don't release the names in the next couple of months, six months or a year, I'm the bad guy. I'm the victim here. I'm the one who has been abused. I'm the one who is trying to come forward and do something about it. Lauer, in defending the pedophile, says, but, you see, Feldman replies, please, I'm sorry. There are thousands of people out there, Matt, who have this information. Any one of those child actors that went to the teenage soda pop clubs with me when I was a kid, know who these people are and the people who ran it. Anybody can go through history and look at the teen magazine and say, what was the name of that venue they were promoting and who ran that venue? Uh, who endorsed it? Lauer, you said you have death threats because you have this information. Feldman, Yes. Lauer, and have threatened to expose it. Another reason I think to go to police, that's a crime to threaten someone's life. Feldman, again, you're an idiot. No, he didn't say that. I've gone to the police with that as well. Lauer, and what would be wrong about going to the police now again? didn't work out in Santa Barbara. Uh... Feldman, there's a statute of limitations, Matt, in the state of California, which protects people. It's not that way in New York. It's that way only where the movie industry is, conveniently enough, in California. That's the seriousness of this. I mean, you say, yeah, man, this thing is stacked against me. He says you cannot, because if I were to go to the police, I would be the one who's getting sued. Henceforth, I need a team of lawyers, and I need a team of security to be around me at all times to keep me safe so I can get this message done. Lower really, really quickly, Feldman, I'm not playing around, it's serious stuff, I vow I will release every name that I have, and any knowledge of, period, and nobody's going to stop me this time, as long as people support this, um, so, yeah, I mean, he's going to let it out, and now I've heard uh, reports that, that, you know, now they're, uh, they're the, the police are going against, like, some of these women who are yelling rape, some of them are getting arrested, this is what I'm hearing, I don't know, Uh, But then you've got, you know, NPR, folks, (laughs) you know, holier-than-thou NPR, one of its chief executives, uh, sexual harassment. These are the same people that have been airing all of these stories for so many years. Panic is hitting Hollywood and the media so-called elite. Uh, that's the story from the Hollywood Reporter. Near daily disclosures of misconduct from New York and L.A. Men as outlined, in a sense deleted spreadsheet of shitty media men, have blanketed the landscape with a palpable unease. We are all wake up thinking who's next, and there is a lot of them. And so, you know, right now Hollywood is panicking. Uh, there are more uh, Kevin Spacey accusations. You've got... Harvey Weinstein effigy to be torched at bonfire party. By the way, he says he's going to be the savior or something. I mean, this guy is living under a delusion. Um, yeah, he actually said I'm going to be the 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 something like the savior of all this or something. Um, Heilman, uh was flabbergasted by you know Halprin, the political writer that you know we've read so many of his stories and he's written all these campaign books. Um, I, I think it's Mark Halpern. Is that right? Uh, yeah, well, the, yeah, Heilman, the guy who had his uh, show with him, was flabbergasted by all of the allegations. And, boy, they're coming out of the woodworks here on Halperin, too. I think it's kind of funny. A top Empire, as I stated, NPR editor, has resigned amid harassment claims. A fifth member of the elite media has been accused of sexual misconduct. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I just think, it's you know, these are all of these... Uh, you know, these people who think, oh, they're the best, you know, they're they're, they're always besmirching conservatives and uh, just employing this vast double standard against business, and, you know, here it is. They are the ones. Uh, you've got cheating and sexual harassment charges flying in the Capitol. Florida legislators' covert surveillance cameras are alarming them. The U.K. defense secretary has resigned amid sexual pest scandal. Uh, Dustin Hoffman, I read this account this morning. It's crazy. He sexually harassed this girl when she was 17. I mean, he didn't, you know, uh, do anything precisely sexual, but he was patting her tail and doing all these things. And she was just 17. She was underage. Papa John is blaming the NFL. Here it comes for hurting sales. I heard the whole Houston team sat down. I did see a report saying Trump has lost this battle. That's about the dumbest thing. Has anybody looked in the stadium seats? It's killing them. And they still do it, folks. They're still doing it. Uh, In the little time we have left, here's the story. Final destination. Two more Vegas survivors have died weirdly, ladies and gentlemen. Just weeks after surviving the Las Vegas massacre at the Route 91 Harvest County Music Festival, A married couple from California died in a firing wreck when their car rammed into the gates of their gated community and burst into flames less than a mile from their home. Folks, that's just weird. Lee, did you read about this? This is weird.
7: I heard Uh, about it, but some some of those things make me too angry to read. Yeah. Uh, I look at it, and then I go on to something else that makes me more peaceful.
3: Yeah, because uh, I
7: know what's going on and I it just infuriates me to the point that I want to throw something and you know, it's it's all the way out into the public now. And the public is just supposed to just accept it. Oh well, there's nothing we can do about it. Uh, I guess we'll just have to just have to take it. Let them do what they they're hit, doing.
1: They hit a gate a mile from their house and their gated community? No. Now, the question no. is, I, did the car explode before it hit the gate? I believe that's the real question. Um, right. Because officials, yeah. you listen to this, official reports it took firefighters over an hour to put out the fire caused by the carver's wreck. And, you know, last week or was it a week before, I went over a girl who died mysteriously in her bed from epileptic something or the other. Their 60-year-old right. daughter, Madison Carver, described the hearing a loud bang, loud bang, and saw her parents crashed car in flames when she went to investigate.
7: And, now, number one, I'm sorry, it doesn't take a, a, a an hour to put out a car fire. Yeah. That's idiotic. Yeah. Uh, my so son's got, car had an electrical problem and burnt to the ground, okay? Yeah. It took yeah. the fire truck, five minutes to put it out. Yeah,
1: Well, it's mostly metal and steel, folks, so, I mean, with a gas tank, uh, it doesn't make any sense. Good you have to get that metal really hot uh, to get it to burn. So, then you had the, the one that I covered, uh, Kimberly Sushimo, Remember her, the epilepsy? Yeah, she died. Then you had another one, uh, Danny Contreras. Uh, now, he was a Vegas massacre survivor, He described multiple shooters as well, and he reported his account all over with one of his tweets, shared hundreds of times, which stated, can't believe I got a concert alive, two men chasing me with guns. Contreras was found dead in a vacant Las Vegas home with multiple gunshot wounds. Okay. And Las Vegas Police Lieutenant Dan McGrath said it's possible... Contreras had gang ties. Oh, well, of course. That's certainly what it was. Because anybody that goes to a country music concert is obviously a member of a gang. That's just, you know, it goes without saying. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the the neighbors, by the way, did not hear any gunshots. Okay. So, uh, yeah. That, that's a bit of an update on that. I don't know, folks. That's just, Yeah, but they uh,
7: didn't want the gang attacking them, Barry.
1: Yeah, something you know. like that, I'm sure. Denley. Did you see this? Where we had our Argentina, one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I mean, they had a, a hailstorm so it looked like something out of the Day After Tomorrow that movie, Argentina apocalypse where hail buried roads in minutes. I mean, with I mean this, it, it's like three three or four foot of hail that these cars are trying to drive through, folks. I mean, and this was uh, down in Argentina uh and it just hell is just swamped the cars down there and this was from a storm dumped 5 feet of water and hail and uh the world meteorological organization said it was one of the is a fierce hail storm uh it hit towns in central argentina Everyone province of cordoba sorry about that hang on stupid thing uh it, it was in the uh, thursday afternoon last thursday leaving roads closed and vehicles unable to move through the hell. The, and there are some incredible photos. You can come to com and see them. There were reports of several injuries in homes, cars, and trees, obviously damaged. These pictures are crazy. And, I mean, they, they've got this heavy equipment moving. That, I mean, it does. I mean, you're just going, holy crap, what in the heck? Uh, and then you've got Big Brother Surveillance is now coming with AI to read your mood, okay, Under the skin, insertable microchips. Uh, These are going to unlock our future, Lee Daniel. Isn't that wonderful? Don't you think? Oh my! So,
3: yeah,
1: uh, yeah, big big brother. Yeah, what kind of fool idiot would do anyway? Now, this is in the Wall Street Journal. Um, The West apparently wants to supply the China's surveillance state. Uh, U.S. tech giants and China a state-backed company, showed off the future of policing in the southern technology hub. So this, you know, it's the security state, folks. Uh, and and we're, you know, our uh, vendors
7: and, are apparently a big part of And what is described in the age of the beast? Yeah,
1: the market of the beast. What is
7: described in the book of Revelation in the age of the beast? Exactly.
1: That's which why is I put it exactly there. It. Yep. See, it says, companies from across the globe, one of the world's biggest surveillance trade shows to demonstrate the, the latest gitma, gizmos and algorithms powering the high-tech revolution. China is on the vanguard, of course. The Folks, as I've said many times, they are the test, they are the crucible of globalism. Their form of government and their economic system is exactly what the New World Order wants. They're the test tube, okay? They're figuring out how to make it all work a vast control state, ruled at the very top by 1% of the population. This is exactly what is on the Georgia Guidelines. Tools being hawked included facial recognition cameras, iris cameras, software that can read a subject's mood, and cameras that can scan license plates in the dark. Uh, valued at $6.4 billion early, uh, last year, this surveillance equipment market, China is a big buyer, <laughs> no uh, surprise there, of surveillance so remember, they have the uh, mobile execution squads featured in the UK Daily Mail. You can look that up. Yeah, and now you don't have to wait a year or five years as in the U.S. Hell, they'll do it in the next five minutes. You step out of line, we're going to come execute you in our NATI uh, mobile execution uh, squad car. So this is providing a boon for equipment makers eager to jump in on this. Uh, Qualcomm, Seagate Technologies, United Technologies were among some of the first. Ninety percent of the companies have some sort of facial recognition products, and they all want to sell it to the police," said Jing Jun, and the executive of CloudMark, a spinoff of the Chinese. So, you know, that's that's the thing. I mean, they're they're all over themselves, Lee, uh, trying to get it. It just reminds me of health insurance. They were all over themselves until it didn't work out. And now, you know, now they're dropping out of the out of the market like flies. They thought they were going to be really smart, and uh, it backfired. And then we've got the plague outbreak. It could explode at any time. Now, folks, as stated last week, this is a bubonic plague has turned into a, remarkably, it has suddenly gone pneumonic, which means it can be spread by just the air. Now, what are the odds, Lee Daniel? Isn't that fascinating? Uh, This thing just won't take but one flight. Yeah, one flight. um, And this is the rainy season, poses a big threat. This is all over Africa; it's spreading. 128 people have been killed, 1,300 infected by this deadly pneumonic strain of the medieval disease, the Black Death. And they're saying it could last another six months, or it could uh, range out and go everywhere. And this uh, is—they have seen a little bit of a dip here recently. They warned that it could explode, as it often does, at, at any point between now and next April. And this is the world health. You know, is this the one, Lee? I mean, we always have to wonder. We're about three months in the epi- epidemic season, which goes on until April of 2018. Uh, and they cannot rule out the possibility of the next spike. Uh, you know, this is really weird, Lee. I mean, I don't know. You've studied the biology or the, the uh, how these diseases work. How in the hell does a disease go from bubonic to pneumonic when it hasn't even been seen in centuries? I mean, what the hell is that? It's wiped out most of Europe back in the day. Yeah,
7: it can, it can stay in a life, in a group. It can stay in a group until it metamorphosizes itself. But that takes thousands of years and it takes some sort of stimulus usually
3: Yeah. and there's like, a long
7: long long explanation it doesn't normally happen it normally happens by some idiot cross linking it to an airborne disease mm-hmm. to give it the attribute of, of being carried in an airborne fashion because normally that plague has to be in a fluid environment and has to be at a certain temperature. That's why it was carried by rats well, it it flees on be, rats.
1: Yeah, it it has to be somehow, you know, being a moved blood forward. It's spreading, and and we have heard nothing about any of this. All of a sudden, it just you know there's been no plague, and all of a sudden, and there's been no infections. And all right. of a sudden, it just blows up into a pneumonic plague from the bubonic. Um, I just, you know, you know this stuff. You've studied this more than I have. I mean, I've studied the tick fevers that uh, were progressed by Plum Island back in the day. That's still a very popular article. But, I mean, you know, this is, uh, I think this is very, very weird, man. Very weird.
7: Uh, there has to be a place where it's prevalent, and like the fleas get onto something else, where it is an air, where they have an airborne disease. Then the two of them metamorphose. But that is no, there's no record of any yeah, of that but ever but there, happening.
1: There has to be infections making this progress, and there haven't been. Right. Everything that we know, there haven't been enough.
4: So in other news, exactly.
1: an ancient city's been discovered in the middle of the ocean. That could be Atlantis. And uh, did get to the New Religions Obsessed with AI. That will come next week. We'll be talking about it. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. Lee Daniel, great job as always. And we'll be back, God willing, next week at 7. Stay safe. And thank you for listening. God bless.